So Brent, I, I gotta apologize straight up front here for everybody involved because uh, we, we took too long to come back to the show. I certainly wanted to come back, but uh, I got sick, you got sick, and uh, my wife got sick the day before Christmas Eve, I think, the 23rd. Uh, it ended up getting worse. She had like a, a bad nose thing, congestion, whatever. I got it on the 26th. We had to skip mm-hmm. family stuff. Uh, it, mine was like settled in my chest and my nose, and it was just a, a horrible time. I'm still dealing with it today, uh, but we mm-hmm. had to kind of put it aside because the, the show aside because every time I would like talk or especially laugh, I just end up coughing. I'm, I'm doing that a little bit today. I'm going to try to edit all that out so it doesn't sound too bad. But uh, it did maybe think about something because. Uh, eventually, you also got sick, a different thing. Uh, it's not like we, mm-hmm. were, we see each other all the time. We weren't making out or anything because we're not allowed yeah. to. Unfortunately, um, we, we do mail each other kisses. I try to. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as many yeah. as I can to you. Um, lots of lipstick used over here. Oh, my God. So much. Tons yeah. of lotion. Check those outtakes. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. It's <laughs> we're really going to get intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you were sick for like a few days. We ended up canceling the, the mm-hmm. last show. Uh, kind of pushed it off a little bit, but it made me wonder, I don't know if we've talked about this before on the show, but uh, I was wondering, you know, when I was sick, I, I went to certain comfort movies or TV shows, and I was wondering if you also do that whenever you're sick, and what you might have done. Um, comic books is another one. Specifically, mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to focus and read. I tried to read some comics, but I, I mm-hmm. couldn't. I wondered if you could. And uh, just mm-hmm. in general, what are your what are your comfort things? This is such an excellent question, Stephen, because I had this exact thought when I was sick. I was Mm -hmm. sick for New Year's. I started to Mm, get a scratch on my throat on the Thursday before New Year's. Fuck. And luckily it was after work. So I immediately took like a zinc Mm -hmm, tablet and then some some medication. And I stayed on top of that shit. Like every four hours I stayed Mm -hmm. on top of it. So I I recovered within like three days. That's awesome. But New Year's had passed. We had plans that we had to cancel there as well. Like you said, we had to cancel the podcast recording. I know... Uh, I, I appreciate people are uh, understanding that mm-hmm. we had to oh, skip yeah. that episode. Also, uh, last year in 2022, we recorded 44 episodes instead of, you know, just weekly 52. So wow, that feels like a failure you know. now that I think about it. <laughs> Why? Why? They, we did we did two more than the number of weeks in the year. Wait, I so think, I'm saying we we did great. I think you said we did 44. Did I say 44? Yeah, Still, I'm at 54. <laughs> I was like, we we missed the target. Yeah. You're like, there are 42 weeks in the year. Everybody knows it. <laughs> 17 days every week. Exactly. <laughs> Just look at your calendar. It's Brain's in there. bad at math and calendars. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we did 54. <laughs> we did two more than, and, and we skipped, I don't, well, obviously we skipped some at the end. So mm-hmm. that's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, so all that to say, like, I'm sure we'll make up for it at some point throughout the year. Um, but yeah, I didn't uh, didn't feel well, and I was like, man, I kind of just want some like comfort food mm-hmm. viewing at this point. And like you said, I'm not one to like read books at all for any reason under any circumstance. Of course, gun to my head, I'm like, pull the trigger, Dad. I don't. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna take the chance. Um, I do like to read comics, but like, I, I I try not to. I don't know. It feels like it hurts to read uh, when when I feel sick. Right. Like, it's just, it's just not comfortable to do mm-hmm. um so i had intended to watch some like comfort movie or something like that i think instead i just like went to bed i was just i mean that's good i, I feel like my eyes are more quick to become fatigued mm-hmm. when i'm sick as opposed to when i'm not so i'm just like i'll just take them out of the equation at this point and right. just 
you know, fight nature and, uh, and just go directly to sleep and, and, and wake up and see how things go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember what I watched. I, I turned on the TV and watched, oh, I, I ended up watching the, uh, the first full season or, uh, both seasons of one punch man. So oh, I just, uh-huh. uh, just got through that. Um, it was enjoyable. Like it's not high art by any means, mm-hmm. but it is just like a fun watch something you could put on in the background and then like cough your head off and, uh, not worry about it. Good, but uh, yeah. Is there anything that you gravitate toward? Yeah. So I agree with you too that like, sleeping is the best thing you can do if you can. Um, mm-hmm. I I definitely as an adult go gravitate towards that more. Like if I can, I'll nap and and sleep more at night. And I'll, I take more like Nyquil and like nighttime medicines to try to knock me out. You know, I want to lean into that. Uh, unfortunately, my when I first got sick, uh, I woke up, my body was like aching, and I I could just tell it was coming on. And by that afternoon, I was coughing and sneezing and or not sneezing. I was always just like congested or whatever, congested. But, um, by that, that night I tried to go to sleep and for some reason, like I, the coughing was really keeping me up and the, the medicine like backfired, you know, like sometimes you like take NyQuil or something. And if you go a little bit too far, like you just get wired. It's like fucking Quaaludes or some shit. Uh, <laughs> it is. What, it, right? what is that with NyQuil where you're like, I don't know what that oh, is. I'll, I'll, I'll knock myself out for an hour and 45 minutes and then hour 46, you're wide fucking right. awake. It's so weird. Yeah. And then you can't do anything because you're sick. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. Yeah. So like I was coughing my head off when Amanda got sick her first day, she had to ended up, she did, left the room in the middle of the night and went to the, the couch to kind of prop herself up and just not cough next to me to keep me awake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did the same thing. I was, I was coughing my head off and everything. And I ended up sleeping from 6am to 7am that day. That's all I slept. That's all I could sleep. Like I was coughing mm-hmm. so much that I just couldn't. And so I ended up watching like, eight episodes of the west wing in a row at night like that <laughs> okay, was yeah. my, that's been my comfort show and it has been for a while i really like that show but um especially now like i realized like i was trying to watch movies and like i what i what i my point i guess and why i wanted to ask is like i definitely gravitate towards comfort things it's hard for me to do anything mm-hmm. new at all almost every comic book i ever read is new i hardly ever read reread anything sure. you know yeah so that was part of it i guess but um, with movies and TV shows, I tried a few of the new things and I was like, I can't focus. I need something I just know well enough. And uh, The West Wing is like a really cozy show to me. It's really comforting and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was easy to throw on. And uh, now I, I've ended up watching like two full seasons of that uh, over the last oh, like two right. weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like it's like old school 90s. So it's like they're like 45 minute episodes and there's 24 of them in a season. You know, there's like a whole mm-hmm. lot. So. Uh, to get through but um, but yeah I ended up doing that and then I'll talk a little bit later about it um, but I ended up watching the Scream movies of course because those are my my super comfort movies so mm-hmm. uh, we ended up watching all of those Amanda and I in a row and that was pretty fun we were playing Scrabble and stuff just trying to keep some something fun you know just the two of us being sick hold up together for Christmas and New Year's so mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I ended up doing West Wing mostly and then uh, and Scream all those so it was it oh, was comforting awesome. it helped yeah. yeah. Did you did you watch the Scream movies in order? Yeah, we Amanda and I were funny. We we started the first one because that's our favorite, obviously, and we just threw it on. And then um, I've been really into Scream 2 lately. So, um, mm. like, it's just really, like, hit me how much I really like that one. And so that one, we were like, oh, well, let's go to that one. And then that started the conversation of, like, we kind of redid our lists of, like, what we think um, our rankings of the Scream movies are, you know, especially after yeah. watching all of them so many times in the last year or so with the fifth one and uh and then the sixth one coming out like so excited the the trailer came out recently and mm-hmm. the posters and stuff so i'm super pumped for that coming out in march but um yeah we I, we started to watch them kind of in the order we were coming up with that we both sort of agreed were the the order which was 
one, two, five, four, three. Mm. Wow. Because that's kind of what we, the way we like them now. But then I think we ended up, once we got to the end two and we we're both just sick, we we're like, just fucking throw on three. Like, I don't even care. And so we ended up watching them in a row. But uh, yeah. it started a lot of discussions. Amanda and I have watched this movie so many times. We still are like, who's killing who here? How did they get over here? Who's calling on this one? Whatever. We love to like dissect mm-hmm. them. So uh, we've actually, I've watched the first two at least um, like three times since I've been sick. I just keep putting mm-hmm. them on because they're so comforting. And uh, they just keep putting more more ideas in our heads we keep talking about. So, um, so yeah, I think we ended up just watching them, you know, in a row and then kind of skipping around after that. Yeah. But comforting, man. I just, I just like that. Whenever you're sick, you just want something. You just want the comfort food, like you said. I don't know if I have it in me to watch a series of movies, but like out of order. Mm. I know we did it for the podcast when we did the Star Wars stuff, right. but I, I feel like that's a, a bit of a different animal. It's um, a very specific sequence, you know? right? Reason with prequels mm-hmm. already in the mix and sequels and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm trying to imagine like watching. Uh, I don't know, like the Avengers movies or whatever, mm. but doing them out of sequence. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I would just like go from one to the other, to the other, to the Plus, you know, I'm me. So I would watch like all the in-between movies. Right. I, 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 I don't know. I, you're like, basically I, I, every time I, I watch any of those, I have to watch 26 movies. So it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, man, I would really like to rewatch Captain Marvel, but I'm going to have to go back to the beginning. Right. There's no way around it. <laughs> How do I know the backstory otherwise? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did throw on, uh, I tried to throw on uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, Captain America, because mm-hmm. uh, that's a comforting movie to me as well over the last few sure. years. And it was pretty good, but um, I'm, I'm kind of marveled out still right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a, a little bit. I, yeah, I still haven't seen the new Black Panther movie and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see it eventually, but I'm, I'm not like racing out to see it. So yeah, um, I'll get there eventually, but It'll show up on Disney Plus here in, I think, next month? Yes. Beginning of February. That's what I'm waiting so. for, man. That's what yeah. I'm waiting for. Oh, my but, God. Uh, we'll see. Uh, keep your tissues handy. It's, a, Cause it's, it's an intense it's one. It's a jerk-off fest? Yeah, of course. Oh, what man. else would it... Oh, because it's touching and heartwarming <laughs> and moving? <laughs> we can't possibly talk about that. Oh, my God. Angela Bassett out there with those exposed arms? Tell me. Tell me you're not going to crank mm-hmm. off. Oh, yeah, exactly. Ooh, mm-hmm. man, a good shoulder. Oof. Oh just God. get you. That should be the name of the uh, third Crank movie, Crank Off. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's probably also in the world somewhere. I hope so. I hope a yeah. porn parody of, of that, where someone can't, <laughs> they, they can't, they have a lot of adrenaline and a lot of cum, and they have to keep, <laughs> they have to keep drinking off. Yeah. That's interesting. Damn. Hmm. And they're on a bus what? that can't go below 50 miles per hour. <laughs> Do you think there's somebody who writes porn parodies, but they're like, they're just like too, too focused on becoming a good writer. Like they have it within them. So they're just like writing a fucking hellacious, like fantastic script. They turn it in and the head of the porn industry or the the company is like, this is like, this is good. Uh There's zero fucking in it. There's, there's a lot of like flashbacks, flash forwards. Like the, what you have here is incredible. But there's no people fucking it. No we butts. need like eight scenes. Right. Yeah. Need a yeah. few more. Hmm. I feel like a lot of young directors get got their start in porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't really know specifics, but I feel like I I've heard like James Cameron. I know he he kind of came up in like 
uh, like cheesy B movie sort of horror movie stuff, whatever. But I feel like I've heard like he did a porno, like sometimes under different names as well. Um, like Joe, like he did a porn. I, I think like he, he was in it. I think he directed one, maybe or like Wes Craven, okay. maybe something like mm. that. I feel like some of those go like Joe Dante. Like I feel like some of those guys, like they they might it might not be under their real name, but it's like I feel mm. like that was kind of a thing for a while. To like you know, a movie's a movie. Yeah, uh, it still has film. It's still you know uh, you're still shooting things. It's just you're just shooting <laughs> yeah, things you going are. into things. <laughs> Shooting all over the place. Uh, is there is there like a a blacklist? Um, and for listeners who don't know, in Hollywood, if uh, there's a, a a blacklist out there of like movies that are written uh, or screenplays that are written that have yet to been helped, the, the best unproduced screenplays. Thank you. That's a more succinct way to say that bullshit. Your I was eyes to say. were saying help before you said it. I was trying to. I yeah. know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You can see it through my glasses. Uh, but is there a version of that for the, the porn industry? Oh, I hope but so. instead of a blacklist, it's called a whitelist because oh. of, you know, just... Uh, yeah. I okay. I feel like that could be a thing. The best mm-hmm. unproduced porn screenplays? Is that what you're... Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's the whitelist because there's lots of cum. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay, good. I, I, had, I had wondered... But now I'm fully on board. But now, yeah, there's definitely a website out there for that. I think it exists, yeah. I love to to think that it is like Oscar caliber screenplays (laughs) that were meant for the porn industry on accident and they don't know what to do with them. But they're like, they're genuinely really good. This writer's going to go on to do some shit. But for right now, we hired him for like $25 and uh, there's no tits. (laughs) You know, it's a problem. As special effects heavy as well. You know, they're trying to get wedded digital in on this, you know. (laughs) We have a lot of props to build. It's going to be a big show. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. But uh, definitely on the whitelist, I think uh, I think we're starting this shit. So we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. Yeah. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Hey, we did it. We're back. We're back. Uh, you know, as Steven said earlier, because of illnesses, uh, we weren't able to record last week. Uh, we did have something planned, but uh, David Zaslov canceled it. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, no, I'm, I'm actually selling that episode to Fucker. a different streaming service uh, it's for a tax write-off you know we're on quibi but we're on quibi yeah. go check it out uh it'll automatically delete from your phone as soon as you download it uh, and then we're on good roku. time and then then roku yeah just uh we're actually a, a uh post-credit scene on the weird owl movie at this point so <laughs> check it out I still need to check that out. I always forget about Roku. Oh, my God. Steven. Oh, now that you feel better. I know. Like, that sounds like a good one. Watch this and then let this be a comfort movie right. for you going forward. Because I bet it would it's be. so fucking bonkers. Man, that sounds oh, great. So it's like literally my my TV is a Roku TV. It pops up with a menu, but then it I have it set up to automatically go to my Apple TV. So I'm just like, I never oh, even yeah. look at you, Roku. Get out of my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to watch that oh, Apple my God. face. Same. Yeah, I've got a, an Apple TV hooked up to our TV. I don't remember what kind it is even, but mm-hmm. it has that little menu that pops up and I, I don't even pay attention to it. Right. I don't it, even want to look at like, it. It's just like, I just wait for it to disappear. And every once in a while, like every 200 times mm-hmm. I, I turn on my TV, it gets stuck yes. and just stays there. And, and I'm, I'm like, like get out of my face. It's crappy this is menu. too much. This, this, no, I can't, yeah. can't have this. I don't so like I have it. to like dig out my, uh, the remote that actually came with the TV. Which I never like, use. How do, how, yeah. Right. I'm like, how do I do this? Yeah. What button do I hit? <laughs> So I hit self-destruct and uh, my and you have no TV TV explodes. 
Yeah, it's just wow. I've got a shoebox hooked up to my Apple TV. Uh, honestly, like because of how high quality uh-huh. things are filmed now, the resolution is pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> uh, honestly, pretty good. If you sit close enough, it's pretty nice. It's nice, you know. It really brings out the grainy texture mm. there of the film. I do love Even that. Even though it's shot digital, it looks great. That helps, though, because sometimes digital looks too fake, you know, so you want to bring that grain in. Maybe it, yeah. maybe it looks even better, so there you go. That's why whenever I go to the theaters, if I think that a movie looks too too digital, uh-huh. too polished, too I have a, a pocket full of sand that I keep in my pocket, and I just slam it directly into my eyeballs. Oh, that's brilliant. I'm like, oh, I can see this now. This is good. This is good. I fight through the tears, but it's like, yeah, this is good. This is good quality. Oh, my God. I love, I love sand eyes. So if you need a, if you need a good view of the screen, sand eyes is where it, where it's at. I'm looking forward to having Daniel Sanchez back on to talk about sand eyes, the sequel to snake eyes. It's going to be a good time. Daniel, brace yourself up. for that one. Yeah. Um, well, we are back, which is great. And um, we have nothing major planned today. We're just doing another pop culture catch up, but we are going to try yes. to do some more themed things coming up which is fun so we'll announce yeah. a little bit of that later on we still haven't decided by the way we talked about oh, that yeah. remember that we meant to. yeah <laughs> pre-show we, we discussed that but i think it'll be fun like maybe at the end we'll just feel it out see see where we're at okay announce some shit all but, right uh, but today it's just uh pop culture catch-up so all right fun um so uh i've got some like surprisingly mm-hmm I still have some Christmas stuff on my list because right. whenever we recorded that last episode, it was like, uh, I feel like it was 500 weeks before Christmas. I know. Even though it wasn't actually that long. Oh, we that's just right. recorded ahead of time and stuff. It has been like a month since you and I recorded, basically. It, it, it's been almost. Oh, yeah. Damn yeah. straight, man. Uh, so I, because I still had so much time leaning up to Christmas, mm-hmm. I, I actually watched some stuff I'm and uh, I wanted to go over that uh real quick please um because there were a few things that i thought stood out uh i did end up reading a couple of christmas comic books oh because i i had them here i'm like well i feel like now's the time i have the time so might as well go for it i read this book called sleigh bells it's from bad idea comics good luck getting a hold of it because bad idea has this weird publishing strategy of publishing only single issues never digital never collected And then uh, they release them to select stores, and once they're gone, they're gone. So Sounds like a bad idea. It's right there in the title, Stephen. <laughs> um, so it's called Sleigh Bells, and uh, it's a kind of a, a Santa revenge story where father and son uh, go hunting. Uh, the kid accidentally shoots one of Santa's deers, and uh, all of the reindeers freak out, run into a tree. They all get impaled and die. Santa goes Whoa. on this revenge quest to, I guess, kill the kid mm-hmm. for taking his deers away from him. Uh, and uh, it was it was a fun story, I got to say. It was um, the, the artwork was very good uh, by David LaFuente uh, as the artist. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but uh, overall, it was a, a fun story. Right Single issue. Again, good luck tracking it down because... I don't know how you would come how across you get this. it. You just found it at the time and bought it when they yeah, had it. I had pre-ordered it. You know, mm. I, I have my uh, ear to the ground right. on, on this stuff. So I, I reached out to my retailer a while back. I think it came out in like a, a year or two ago. Okay. So I've had it for a while. I just haven't cracked it open. Uh, the other story I wrote, uh, read is called The Last Christmas from Image Comics by uh, Jerry Duggan, Brian Posehn. Uh, Rick Remender, I think, does the art. But um, it's a, also a Santa Revenge story. And this series... Uh, it's 
a zombie apocalypse has happened. Uh, Mrs. Claus has died. Oh. Uh, most of the kids who believe in Santa Claus have died. Santa's distraught. He's trying to kill himself. He can't do it because there's one child that still believes in him, has that Christmas magic. So Santa is going to find and kill that child just so he can take himself out. A very like dark story, but also but like very humorous interesting. and things come around on on the backside of it. So uh, I think because of watching Violent Night and mm-hmm. enjoying that movie so much, right. I was kind of in this this revenge Santa mode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that brought me to um, just like a, a a a classic Santa story, which is the 2019 Netflix film Klaus. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you seen this movie? No, but I remember it coming out as like a really interesting animation style. It really does. It yeah. looks like it's 3D animated, but it's 2D animated. Right. They just like fuck around with the, the lights, uh, like light sources mm-hmm. on it. And Steven, this movie is fucking delightful. I've heard that, man. I really got to check it out. I keep meaning to. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much, mm-hmm. but I do feel like this past Christmas has been less traumatic for me mm-hmm. and so i'm we'll see how this you know christmas yeah. 2023 goes right but i i found myself in enjoying the holiday more than past years so interesting so, i love it so i feel like i would put klaus on my rewatch list potentially mm-hmm. even outside of the christmas holiday oh season my God. it was that good wow. it was so funny the animation is so top-notch mm-hmm. and the voice acting was incredible i i just I was blown away by how good this movie was. And I had heard positive things. I never heard a bad thing about this movie, but it's my own personal anti-Christmas biases Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that kept me from enjoying it. So uh, I I rectified that, I think. But you're so into animation, and this one seemed so unique uh, for Mm -hmm. what's out there right now or whatever. And by all accounts, I've heard, like you said, like voice uh, casting, the the animation style, the story Mm -hmm. or whatever, all of it's just delightful. So... I've, I've heard nothing but good things as well. I, I keep meaning to check it out. I've seen clips and stuff. I think I started it maybe a few years ago when it came out and I just didn't finish it. But um, like I watched, you know, just like to see what it was like or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I really do want to check it out. I just keep forgetting about it. So I'll have to check it out next uh, year. Yes. Well, this year. God, it's so weird. I know. It's so <laughs> weird. I'm still like, especially because of being sick and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I, I barely transitioned to 2023. I'm still in 2022, guys. This is time I'm travel. Still, man, I'm still writing 1982 on my chest. Of course you are, because you don't it's understand weird. time. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> or I'm math. just supposed to write the year I was born, right? I don't get this. This doesn't make any sense. Um, I also watched Tokyo Godfathers, which is from uh, 2003. It's an anime, and it's on uh, YouTube, and you can just okay. watch the whole thing that's right cool. there. Uh, and holy shit, this movie was fucking incredible. Awesome. I had never heard of this movie. The only reason I heard about it and watched it this year is because they talked about it on the Get Animated podcast that I listened to. Mm-hmm. And it takes place in Japan. Um, the main story is that three homeless people come across a baby, mm-hmm. uh, like a newborn baby in the trash and then they take care of it and try to reunite it with its family. Hmm. Um, there's some other things that go on with the story, but the animation is fucking beautiful. Um, have you ever heard of perfect blue? It's also an animated mm. no, anime so. film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's, it's widely high regarded. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember seeing that movie back in the day and, and liking it, but I was like, you know, it, it's way above my head, uh, 
for me being a like 20 when I first saw it. Gotcha, or whatever. Gotcha. But I, I want to revisit it because it's the same director of this movie. Mm. This movie has a lot more humor. And even though it was subtitled the whole time, the humor lands so oh, fucking hard. It's so good. The the people in this movie, they look Japanese. Like there's a lot of stylized anime where mm-hmm. it's like you have the big like Bambi eyes and, oh, right, right. and pointy chins and all this stuff. This looks like real people. The character designs are fantastic. The acting is great as well. Um, and uh, one of the three characters... Uh, one of the three homeless people is a trans person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so, reading that. Um, there's some harsh language, uh, like the bad F word rears its ugly head a few oh, times right. in the movie. But the character themselves is a strong character, and they don't let that shit bother them mm-hmm. at all. I'm not saying that trans people are bad if, if that word bothers them. It's totally understandable. I'm just saying this seems like a fully fleshed out character yeah, yeah, yeah. that has their own motivations and their own own story. They're not just there to be picked on. Well, like, they do stuff. Yeah, and this is from, this is 20 years ago now. This is from 2003, Tokyo Godfathers. So mm-hmm. uh, different time. And also, um, sometimes it's, it, it's hard to hear things, but it's important to see the story and the people and how they react to them. You yeah. know, like I still don't want to hear that word, but... Uh, it has its place in in terms of it. It is a word, and some people, some shitty people, do use it. And then uh, that's like anything; you have to kind of show the the world as it is through art, you know, and how you yes. can better it. So, yeah, right on, man. That um, sounds great. Then, it looks great. Oh my god! It, like I said, it's on YouTube. Uh, find it and watch it mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's very good. Um, and then the the last Christmas thing I have is a graphic novel called Batman Noel. You know, we talked about Batman at the end of the mm-hmm. year, uh, and it was Christmas time, so I thought, let me break out this book. I've had it for several years at this point. I just never read it. Uh, it's written and drawn by Lee Bermejo. It's essentially a Christmas carol, but in the, the DC Comics universe. Mm-hmm. So Batman is effectively Scrooge. He's visited by three other DC characters that are the ghosts of Christmas past, present, future, and... Um, yeah, so it's it's basically that. Right. Artwork is fantastic. Uh, story is kind of just okay. You, you kind of get a feel for where it's going. Uh, but I forgot which characters pop up throughout it as the, the various ghosts mm-hmm. as I was going through there. So that was it was kind of fun. Um, but a fairly quick read. Um, I think it's maybe 80 pages, something like that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a fun superhero take on, right on that on. classic tale. That's cool, man. You did a lot of Christmas mm-hmm. stuff. I like this. I uh, surprisingly i did i was i found myself in a, a mode my wife was sick around christmas as well mm-hmm. i think she opened up the packages of your kisses that you sent oh to me, yeah and i was like she oh, got oh God. yeah she's not supposed to I, do that i don't know how i feel about men and women kissing i'm i'm still i know on right the fence about it yeah right sometimes she asked me to kiss her i'm like this, is, this seems like a slippery slope honestly so um yeah, you don't want to do that. Don't uh, want to do that. Well, before the show, I told you that I I was not really going to mention any Christmas stuff. I had already taken them off my list, but because you mentioned a few things, I, I did want to mention one that I watched on Shutter real quick. Um, okay, it's called "Don't Open Till Christmas." Uh, I like that title a really a whole lot, but um, it's a it's a really weird story. It, it wasn't that great of a movie. The first review on Shutter is "Don't Open Till Christmas," more like "Don't Open Ever." So uh, no. some people have that feeling about it. Um, what it's basically it's it's days before Christmas in London. Uh, a maniac has a pathological hatred of Santa Claus. So he essentially <laughs> anybody that's dressed like Santa Claus that he finds on the street, he like chases and kills. So it's like a Santa serial killer 
who has okay. some sort of hatred for it. Uh, what's funny though is I, you know, and I've mentioned it before a lot that I'm a big fan of, um, guy, I think the night before with, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. and, and, uh, Anthony Mackie and Seth Rogen. And in that movie, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is having a bad night. He's not feeling Christmas cheer. His friends have abandoned him. He feels, and, uh, he finds two, two Santa Clauses, drunk Santa Clauses peeing on the side of a building and he like gets onto them for it and they end up having a little fight or whatever. This movie in my head is essentially like if you could, if, if he went from that event and was like, I'm going to fucking kill every Santa Claus in the city then <laughs> that's what this was. So in my head, it was, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the killer the whole mm-hmm. time. Uh, it ends up being a really weird story. It's not uh, nearly as good as some of my other like favorite Christmas horror movies, which I also watched this year, like Black Christmas and uh, Christmas Evil. But uh, but it was still enjoyable. It's almost another one where I feel like, man, if, you, if I could re-edit this and kind of add it into the night before, it could be kind of interesting or weird or whatever. But um, yeah, so I did watch that because it was also another like Santa Claus revenge story. There's a lot of those going around. Well, it's from 1984. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I, I see the running time here. An hour, 26 minutes. Oh, my God. It's pretty good, right? They were doing it. They were really they got making there. it happen back in the day. And it has this weird story, too, uh, where it's like it was made. It doesn't feel like a 1984 movie because that's the same year that Nightmare on Elm Street came out. This movie does not look like that quality. It looks like it's made in the 70s, to be honest. Uh, but they had started <laughs> okay. like a few years before. The writer director was like fired in the middle of it. They brought another guy on, but he was also an actor in it. He's an important actor in it. Uh, the writer director they they did they the producer didn't like him they fire him they rewrite the whole story because it doesn't make sense it still doesn't make sense with reshoots so they bring him back uh to finish the movie and he ends up finishing it how he wants it to like the the story's kind of weird and everything but um but yeah it's like a you know like a, a santa claus serial killer kind of thing which i'm into so uh i won't be like watching that every year but it was an interesting watch so you know throw that one out there <laughs> interesting mm-hmm. some some of these Christmas horror movies just fascinate me, you know, like um, because I was in the mode for Christmas content. I actually went back and re-listened to our episode mm. of uh, what was it? It was a uh, was it Black Christmas where we had Mitch on and yeah, probably that's what it was, yeah, cause, yeah, because he loves that movie, yeah, yeah, because it was the three different Black Christmases that oh, right. uh, <laughs> that we talked about, yeah, 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 um, the new one that's so weird, yeah, yeah. and it's just. It's so bizarre. Like, I didn't realize there were this many. I feel like I, know. I consistently throughout the past couple of years, I keep hearing about Christmas horror movies. But from back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, like know, several decades ago, I didn't realize that was there were that many back there. I mean, I didn't understand. I've, I'd heard of Black Christmas and I I think I'd watched the like 2006 one, Black Xmas mm-hmm. um, version. And but I, it's not very good. And it's not for me. And so I, I didn't understand that I would really love the original. It's only in the past few years that I was researching more about Halloween and how they came up with that. And it's like, well, it's actually kind of like Black Christmas. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And then I found out, oh, my God, this movie is amazing. But it, it felt like a lost movie to me, right? Like a lost part of mm-hmm. my cinema history. And then uh, this one, like it's like Shudder so great because they just come up with this. They just bring these random things in, right, that I've never heard of. I've been into horror movies for like Christmas horror movies for the past few years. I found Christmas Evil through Shudder, had never heard of that one before, and I ended up fucking loving it. This one is not as great, but it also was like, like you said, it's like, wow, there, there's a bunch of these out there, and like I've never heard of them, like from the 70s and 80s and stuff. And uh, there you go. It's another one. Interesting. I know, man. Damn. They're there. Wow. If you want to watch them. 
<laughs> well, it doesn't seem like uh, this one is, is yeah. high on your list. It's, so. it's not as much of a recommendation. If you're going to watch one of those, I'd, I'd definitely watch Black Christmas, uh, Christmas Evil Second. But um, mm. I didn't even get to like Krampus this year, another Christmas horror movie, a recent one that I really oh, yeah. love. But uh, we didn't get to it this year. We didn't get to a bunch of the stuff we usually do because we were, I mean, even before Christmas, we were just kind of like we were trying to get in the, the mood. But I think mm-hmm. you were more in the Christmas mood than I was this year, to be honest, which is weird. Yeah, you and your wife Amanda struggled with that. My wife struggled mm-hmm. with that. I don't know what happened. Uh, maybe it was just, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Uh, but uh, maybe this year will be better for everyone, you know? I really hope so. Um, the last year we thought, so Amanda and my, my wife and I, uh, our, our lucky number has always been 22. It's um, the, the day we started dating was September 22nd, um, mm-hmm. back in the day. And uh, so 22 has always been like our lucky number or whatever. So I thought, we thought, 2022 is going to be our year, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and guess what? It wasn't, um, a lot of shit happens, right? But, but then I realized this year is our 22nd anniversary together from when we started hey. dating. So I'm like, this nice. is our fucking year, man. This is the That's year, it. you know? So mm-hmm. we're, yeah, we're yeah. going to, we're going to go big or go home. Perfect. Which, I mean, you're at home. I'm always home. Currently. I don't really so ever leave. You're yeah. always home. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I'm going to go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but when she my could wife, go big she could go big yeah yeah she well yeah yeah she out there i never go big um <laughs> so uh what else you got man well i watched another movie thinking that this could potentially be a christmas mm. movie so i put it into my viewing schedule uh but it turned out it was not uh because i watched the predator from 2018 mm, mm-hmm. directed by uh shane black shane black there we go uh, I also have a Shane Black movie on my list that I also thought was going to be a Christmas movie and was not. This is amazing. Really? Yes. I didn't know this motherfucker had this Crazy. kind of self-control. I know. Uh, so The Predator, right. I he a lot of his movies take place at Christmas mm-hmm. or during or something like that. Iron Man 3 does that. Right, right. Um, other ones, was it uh, <laughs> Lethal loaded? Weapon? Not Loaded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lethal Weapon. Um, but uh, this one actually takes place on Halloween. I was like, oh, this motherfucker, he, he knows two holidays. There you go. Confirmed. Um, this movie was just okay. Like, I, I wasn't going into this movie thinking it was going to be high art. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd seen Prey recently, the Hulu original oh, yeah. Predator prequel. I still to watch that. And uh, it's very good. Um, I, didn't, I didn't love it the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to rewatch it at some point, and I'm hoping that I'll, I'll get more into it. Uh, but I could tell, like, the quality is there. Right, right. This movie, it's, like, it's very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would probably put this to the rotation of, like, a, a Predator uh, rewatch marathon. Because I feel like the Predator franchise, you can... There's not as much connective tissue you can pick between, like, characters. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I, I would definitely, like, put this up there. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key's in it. And that's kind of, like, basically all I need. Oh, yeah, I think he's, he's great. so fucking funny, you know? Um uh olivia munn mm-hmm. i want to say wild but olivia munn's right. in it she's she's really good in it um and then uh fucking god he's uh he was in logan he's got like the robotic hand uh i can't think i of, always forget his name man um yeah he's he's I, i'm not sure if i like him or not uh i i can't tell i know i know parts of him i liked in this what was boyd it? holbrook yes is his name yeah uh part of me like wants to like him right i feel like he he's kind of on the cusp of being like totally a, a superstar but he's not quite there he, he kind of reminds me of uh the guy from sons of anarchy who is also in the charlie hunnam 
Yes. He, yeah. Yes, exactly. He's like one of those dudes. He's like, um, uh, I always do Ed Hardy, but Tom Hardy. And like, and the, <laughs> yeah. there's like a, a few guys that they don't all look mm-hmm. alike, but there's yeah. like groups of them that look and like act mm-hmm. alike. They basically are in the same types of movies. And he's one of those mm-hmm. where I'm like, I think Boyd Holbrook is pretty fucking good, but I don't know. Cause I don't, I don't really like Charlie Hunnam that much. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I kind of associate them together in some weird way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with mm-hmm. you. Um, I feel like by starring in the Venom movies that Tom Hardy mm-hmm. is trying to like get down to their level. Oh, that's interesting. You know? Yeah. 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 I'm not saying that the the other two guys are bad actors. Well, Charlie Hunnam, I'm not really a big fan of, but uh, I feel like Logan, Logan Marshall green, who looks like exactly. Tom Hardy. Right. 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 It's just like, put me fucking in. Right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm a good actor, you know, and he can be really great. Yeah. Like a lot of yeah. them can like Tom Hardy can be really great, but, mm-hmm. um, and I had Hardy too. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Boyd Holbrook His is one of those up from bedazzling the ass of his own jeans. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? What that? Um, there was a movie, I think a Netflix movie called in the shadow of the moon from 2019. Mm. Um, that's like a sci-fi movie that Boyd Holbrook stars in. Um, I, I for some re- weird reason, I don't remember a lot about it, but it's, it seemed like right up my alley. It seemed almost like a, like a fringe episode or like an X-Files episode sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I want to revisit it. I think it'd be great, but, um, yeah, he is, he's one of those people and the, and the predator as well. I liked that movie. The 2018 one you're talking about. I like that one more than most, I feel like. And I feel like oh, I, there was some it. back. Yeah, I watched it when it came out, um, like on video. Um, I've only seen it once, I think. But I, I like Shane Black a lot. I like his dialogue. I like a lot of the stuff he chooses to do. And um, the ideas in it, I think some people didn't like. Like there's like a super predator, like a big one or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought it was I great. It was I, don't, I think that was like an mm-hmm. issue for some people or whatever. But um, I liked it. I don't know. It was like oh. a fun action movie. Yeah. Uh, like sci-fi action movie. Not, again, not high art, but, you know, right. still, still a fun time. I'm not a huge Predator fan, so um, hmm. they don't they don't bother me if they're not, if they're not great, because they're all, mm-hmm. they all deliver to me on some level. Like, I don't like Predators mm-hmm. very much either, but it, it has some great moments in it, and I will still watch it. Like, I don't, I don't watch any of them in rotation, though, right? Like, I don't really pick up any of them, but that first Predator movie, fucking rad, like... The second mm-hmm. one's really not as great, but it's like it's fun and Danny Glover's in it. It's cool. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm into all of them a little bit, but I, I, I don't get butthurt about any of them. I'm just like, I'm not really looking for much there. And they all deliver the action, you know? Uh, there's got to be some kind of skit out there where Chris Hansen is trying to catch like an actual predator alien mm. at some point, right? Like, the predator shows up, this little girl with a laundry basket. It's <laughs> like, come on in. Have a seat. She disappears in the house. Predator walks in. He's oh got the predator God. vision, sees Chris Hansen standing there. Oh, no. Have a seat. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you here? And it's just like a bunch of clicks and whatnot from the predator. It's like, interesting. You have some so, wine coolers with you. Yeah. <laughs> Did I jump on your joke? <laughs> no, that was perfect. I was going to say line in Google's, but yes, you're, yeah, yours is better. Um, but yeah, th- I would oh, love man. to see that. Somebody make that. Yeah, I mean, maybe right. it's that be the, the, uh, the budgeting of getting yeah. a predator, like a working predator costume. Yeah. Uh, is the issue. Come yeah. On, yeah, it might be a little bit much, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, even I'm looking at the list again for the predator. I'm like, Jackie Tremblay was in it. I forgot he was in that. Um, Yvonne Stravowski. Stra- oh, yeah. oh my God. Oh my I God. I love her. Oh my she God. She was going to be my pick to be Captain Marvel, but you know, Brie Larson. I mean, I no slouch. Right, right, right. So, Brie Larson's pretty great, but that's a good casting yeah. though. That's that's a good one. Yeah, she Thank was great. You. In Thank you. Thank you. So good. Oh my god. And every time she shows yeah. up, she's like, uh, 
you know, I tried, I mentioned I tried to watch The Handmaid's Tale, uh, which is a really mm-hmm. hard show to watch, but um, she's in it. Mm-hmm. She's fucking like, it's like a super fucking drama show, you know, like no comedy mm-hmm. whatsoever, but uh, she's, she stands out. Like, she's great. She's always great. That's good. I'm glad she's getting work because I do yeah. like her as an, an actress. Uh, when she was in The Tomorrow War, that was a nice mm. surprise. I forgot she was I forgot that too. in that movie until I, I watched it, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Even though I like that movie, I do forget about it as well. I feel it's it's a pretty forgettable <laughs> blockbuster, really even though is. I had a good time but, with it. Um, hey, don't worry. We did an entire episode on <laughs> yeah. it. so I forgot that too, of course. Uh, well, my Shane Black movie that I also thought might be Christmas just because of Shane Black um, sure. was The Nice Guys. Do you remember watching that oh, movie yeah. ever? Uh, yes, Ryan yeah, Gosling, I watched Russell Crowe. Yeah, I think it was like 2020. I mentioned it on the show. and I uh, thought so. I think I just thought it was okay, mm-hmm. but like I wanted to like it, but I, I couldn't quite get into it gotcha. to the point that I, I wanted to. But I definitely want to go back and rewatch it because I do see clips online every once in a while where I'm like, like that's oh, pretty yeah, good. That one was really good. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So this yeah. was a 2016 movie. I, I don't know why I hadn't watched it until now, but um, another Shane Black thing. Um, another movie we didn't mention of his that t- takes place at Christmas that a man and I also watch usually every year, but we didn't get to this year is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was. Uh, uh, Robbie Downey Jr.'s like comeback movie right before. Yeah, uh, I've never Man. seen it. Oh, dude, I want to watch it. Yeah. So uh, the reason why I bring this up is um, Glass Onion came out, which uh, is going to be one of the movies we're going to talk about as like a, a feature show pretty soon, and uh, the new Knives Out mystery, uh, Glass Onion. So uh, once we watched that, Amanda and I the next day watched Knives Out, and then we've just been on a murder mystery kick since then. So we've watched like oh, cool. we've watched like Clue, and and we've been trying to find a bunch of movies uh, new to us that we haven't seen. And this was one of them. I, I was like, I have this movie. I've just never seen it. And uh, so and I like the people involved. So we checked it out. And uh, it was great to me. Uh, Amanda and I had a blast with it. Um, it was especially after watching other murder mystery stuff. And like we're, we're so into Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It has that similar feel like they would be a perfect uh, double feature together to watch together. And um, mm-hmm. this one takes place around halloween as well there's not much to do with it it's just kind of the the time period and then it kind of plays out over a few months and then at the Mm -hmm. very end there's a tiny christmas scene and so we we were like well it kind (laughs) of is a christmas he 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 worked it in there right um and it just so happens to be or whatever it's like a a kind of a a little you know cap on the end of the movie or whatever little scene Mm -hmm. whatever but um i thought russell crowe uh was really good um ryan gosling was uh was really they were both really funny to me and mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that always floors me is not watching a movie when it comes out and then seeing other movies that young actors are appearing in and not realizing like, oh, I could have seen them years ago, but I was introduced to them in X movie, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them is uh, Margaret Qualley, who is um, uh, this lady. She is in oh, yeah. Once Upon a Time in, in uh, Hollywood. And so I know her. that's like the first thing I saw her in. And she like kind of steals the show. And I really love her not realizing mm-hmm. like oh i could have seen her years before because she's like one of the main characters in this movie so it was fun to see her and something else that i didn't realize she was in and then uh, yeah. specifically uh angry rice who is uh from spider-man homecoming she's uh she dates angry Ned. rice <laughs> it's it's such a she pissed off at uncle ben it's a-n-g-o-u-r-i-e angory Angry Rice is what I... Angry Rice angry sounds rice right is to me. Yeah. Yeah. Is that our show title? Yeah, damn it. Um, so I knew her showing up in like Spider-Man Homecoming, but she plays Ryan Gosling's daughter in this movie, and she's amazing. Like She's a younger actress than I'd ever seen her in. Um, she's also ends up... She's uh, Kate Winslet's daughter in uh, Mayor of Easttown, 
and she's she's really great in that like she's i think she's going to be a force and spider-man movies i thought she was just kind of like in the background but she ends up like dating ned for a little bit and she ends up being like more of a character throughout and um but yeah it was like kind of fun to be like oh i i was introduced to her in a different movie i could have watched this you know Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah we uh we dug it man um i think it'll be uh, amongst our our movies we'll we'll probably rewatch you know um every once in a while it was just uh, kind of a fun murder mystery that yeah absolutely and i forgot who uh even did the thing at this point so it it almost be like rewatching it with fresh eyes That's if kind of fun, i yeah. uh, go to do so uh but i love the scene where uh it's like the bathroom stall scene yes where, <laughs> <laughs> that is so so fucking funny where, like he tries to Ryan Gosling's it, like pooping. crow uh-huh <laughs> yeah right. gosling's pooping Crow comes and, in uh, to like bust the door down and be like, "Hey, I need to talk to you, whatever." <laughs> and the way that Ryan Gosling fumbles with the yes. door while also trying to hold the gun on him, and he's oh holding God, like a so newspaper, and it, he has a cigarette, and then he has a gun, but his pants are down, and he's trying to like hold the gun on him, but then the cigarette drops and lights the newspaper on fire, and it's on his crotch, and it's just like Ryan Gosling is his comedic timing is like really fucking good. Like I forget yeah. sometimes he's kind of like a Hollywood heartthrob and he's a really good actor. I really, I like him a lot, but I forget how mm-hmm. funny he can be. Um mm-hmm. and then Russell Crowe is funny in a different way. Like he's kind of the straight man. He's kind of like it's like the the story essentially is uh Ryan Gosling is a private detective He's on this weird case, and it, uh, Shane Black's mysteries I like because they're they don't fool the audience, but they there's a lot of misdirection. There's a lot of it's almost like there there's never one mystery. There's like three mysteries, and they happen to overlap, so it makes everything confusing. And then you have to peel back all these layers, so it's kind of fun to like mm-hmm. rewatch them and like figure things out again. And uh, yeah. so he's like on this case, doesn't really understand it. Russell Crowe is like a, an enforcer dude. He just gets paid to beat people up that are being shitty. Um, some girl is like, this guy has been following me around. I want you to go beat him up. Turns out he's a private investigator. That's why he's been following her. But Russell Crowe beats him up anyway. And then they realize they're kind of embroiled in the same mystery. And then they go on this adventure together, kind of like as a haphazard couple, you know, so an odd yeah. couple. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I liked, uh, I liked the feeling of his movies a lot and, uh, and the comedy of them. So, um, I thought it was a uh, kind of fun movie to, to check out, man. Mm-hmm. I'll give it another yeah. shot for sure. Okay. Yeah. I shall do so. Excellent. Um, one thing I won't give another shot is a comic <laughs> that I read published, co-published by DC Comics and Image Comics called Batman Spawn, uh, which has the two titular characters teaming up for something. I don't know. Mm. This story was not good. It was written, quote unquote, by Todd McFarlane, the oh. creator of Spawn, and uh, with pencil art by Greg Capullo, and then Todd McFarlane did the inks mm. for it as well. Uh, ink's a little heavy handed for me. Um, I like the like overall design of the various pages, mm-hmm. but story almost incomprehensible. Uh, it, it's super, <laughs> I feel like I missed out on some kind of story that took place before this. And <laughs> yeah. these characters have crossed over before, like back in the nineties, there were two separate crossovers. There was Batman spawn and then spawn Batman, one published by image, one published by oh, DC. That's cool. Those stories evidently take place separate from this one. Mm. This is like almost a reboot of these two characters meeting for the first time, but they like spawn crosses dimensions to meet Batman. And I don't know. Uh, this was not a good comic. I'm just going to move on fan? from it. Uh, like generally speaking, I think right. the character looks cool. Right. Um, I remember liking some of the comics back in the day, mm-hmm. but like if I were to revisit it, I'm sure it would just be incomprehensible. It's, it's just like overwritten. Like right. somebody who, 
isn't a writer trying to write something mm-hmm. is just going to be like so heavy handed and I, I understand that writing is the amount of words in it, not the quality of them, you know, <laughs> yeah. that type of thing, that type of approach. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and uh, yeah, just just couldn't get into it. But I, I like the novelty of it existing. Mm-hmm. I love crossover comics, so I'm glad I bought it for that reason. And I, I do think some of the, the artwork looks pretty good, but like overall, the story is just fucking trash. What if you and I created a, a comic book brand called Crossover Comics and all we oh did God. ever was crossovers? It's like ninja turtles with uh christmas evil okay <laughs> wow so all right you can pull from any direction the streams like that exactly yeah. uh-huh. uh batman yeah. mm-hmm. uh the i was trying to think of the uh, is it power power powerpuff girls yeah that'd be fun there you go got it nailed yeah. it yeah which one of you is robin <laughs> where's the detonator <laughs> sir we don't know yeah. i don't know what they sound like um but yeah that'd be a great idea obviously super solid absolutely uh, we'll pitch this to all of the license holders and we'll be like look the good thing about this is we do all of the publishing mm-hmm. and we keep all the money right it's a win-win for us right like you guys <laughs> you guys don't even worry about it thanks for volunteering yeah absolutely <laughs> um let's see what else do i want to talk about something that i watched oh uh clerks three. Oh my god I, i'm so excited to hear what you say this movie was on sale recently uh-huh. and i thought you know now's the time so i went ahead and bought it i like uh cl- the first clerks movie a lot mm-hmm. uh, the second one i have only seen maybe twice oh interesting uh so i'm not super familiar with I it i love the first uh, or the second one way more than the first one uh, clerks three mm-hmm. look like modern kevin smith movies have this yeah. this feel to them that i'm not always down with it, it feels a little bit out of touch to me mm. and i fucking love kevin smith I know. like when he had his heart attack back oh. in was it 2018 or whatever heartbreaking like i i yeah literally I, I was like genuinely concerned mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. he may not make it right. i'm so glad he did because i i just genuinely love his take on stuff mm-hmm. in general you know like people make fun of him crying at movies and whatnot but like i i love that he is so in touch with films and like comics and tv shows and stuff that it does like it stirs up emotions in him and he allows it. i feel like he's gotten to a point yeah. where he's like it's almost like adam sandler like once farley died and he was like i just want to make movies with my friends like i just he i feel like kevin's yeah. on that same kind of path like he's like mm-hmm. i i know my niche i know my fans i know my friends i just want to make mm-hmm. stuff together and then i think he just wears his heart on his sleeve from his filmmaking to his film reviews absolutely mm-hmm. and he had mentioned like leading up to planning to make this movie through making the movie and reporting back on it during the time. And then after it was like going through editing and he was touring around with mm-hmm. it, uh, at various theaters throughout the year. Um, he hadn't had talked about going through the process of making the movie and, and he's very like aware that he has his own brand right. and like people who like Kevin Smith, like Kevin Smith, people who don't simply don't. Right. right? Um, Easy. I, I, I feel like I'm, kind of on the the fence it kind of depends on the project right you know uh the 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 movie he made uh what was it god yoga, yoga hosers. hosers i was gonna say is this like yoga hosers because i can't even watch that shit yeah yoga hosers <laughs> is a fucking wild movie uh i'm glad i watched it just because i i, I want to give all of his stuff a try uh-huh. you know and as i was watching uh jay and silent bob reboot i was like oh man this is a, a little bit yoga hosery mm-hmm. you know like it, it wasn't 
Was really holding holding yoga up. hosers? Yoga hosiery. <laughs> yoga hosiery, yeah. They work at a retail shop. Yeah, as a, part of a department store. Um, but, you know, like the, I, I, something about the, the feel of, of Jane Silent Bob reboot wasn't quite there for it me. It wasn't quite, you, you yeah, tell yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. You can tell it was made during the pandemic because there were a lot of people who were like standing way far apart mm-hmm. from each other. Or he would like Ben Affleck scenes were shot totally separate because he's never on screen with any of the other right. actors or whatever. Totally understandable. You make a movie during a pandemic, that's going to happen. Um, but there's, there's a quality a, drop though, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's not quite that issue for this. There's some like cameos that you could tell were shot separately mm-hmm. from the main production or whatever. But um overall it's it's people interacting on the screen and whatnot. Um I I really want to go back after watching this movie and watch all three movies kind of back to back to back mm-hmm. just to see if the tone is there the entire time. Mm. Because it seemed like the tone of this movie was off a bit for me. Right. And I don't know if it was just like he's made so many movies since Clerks that his his tone has shifted over time for or sure. whatever it is. Um, that said, by the time we get to the end of the movie, it got me in the feels. Uh, I hear it does. Like, Bring it's, your tissues. It's worth it's worth the journey. Right on, I would say at least one time. Mm-hmm. You know, give, give this if you like the the first two Clerks movies, give this one a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whenever you get to the end, uh, I'm hoping that it it, it uh, makes you feel something. You know, I'm not going to spoil anything, right. but I do. Um, I do think it pulls on the, the heartstrings enough to to warrant a watch. Yeah, right on, man. At least once. I yeah. I don't. I feel like I I I sensed what you're what you're saying. I sensed it was kind of this more modern Kevin Smith version where I don't like a lot of the stuff he's putting out. Um, mm-hmm. They just don't strike the right chord with me. They don't feel right. Um, but I do like the story of the whole clerks thing, like the whole arc uh, of their characters. I like the characters involved. Mm-hmm. I loved. Uh, Dante and Randall and stuff and um, this one like being I, I know only a little bit about the story that it is essentially mm-hmm. like Kevin making clerks like it's like uh, yeah. Randall is like I want to make movies I'm gonna make a movie where we're at right like but, that's but do you cool. know why he does he that? has a heart attack right he has a heart yeah. attack yeah and so that, it's a little bit of cool. Kevin uh, working right. through that which which I liked a lot mm-hmm. that, that was one of the main draws for me right. wanting to watch it is it's it's based on that it's uh yeah randall has a heart attack and it's like shit or get off the pot you mm-hmm. know i watch these movies all the time what if i tried to make one right and that's the through line of the story and, so and that's really intriguing to me but also because he's already done that because he did zach and miri which is essentially the same thing with a porno like he used a lot of his influences of how they made clerks to make that movie like they make it in the coffee shop they work at and like this you know they make it low budget and whatever but um, and I love Zach and Mary. I watched it a few times in the last month, uh, or two. And, um, so I don't, I was like, he's already kind of done that. I don't know what this is. I, I know that he had multiple versions of the script out there and there's something out. There's like a podcast or a, a YouTube video I saw where he explains like his dark version of Clerks three, whatever that means. So, oh. uh, it's intriguing to me, but, um, I'm a, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan from way back. Mall rats was the one that got me clerks. I found later through my brother, Danny. And, um, I love clerks. It, it has a, a, a moment. It's it captures a moment of the culture. It fits in the '90s so well, and then leading up to you know Mallrats sort of a dogma, and then especially chasing Amy. Like Kevin Smith was the '90s as much as like Tarantino was the '90s to me for for film. Um, and then 
I, I remember not being as excited for Clerks 2 or not thinking it'd be that great. I remember watching it, not liking it that much. But over time, it grew on me even more. And I watched that. I've seen mm-hmm. that one like 10 times as many times as I've seen Clerks, probably. Um, it's very heartfelt as well. Uh, there's an ending scene there that they kind of connect together, Dante and Randall. And, and it's very nice. And um, I just get like a good, warm, fuzzy feeling from that movie. This new one, mm-hmm. I just I'm, I've been so shocked that I haven't run out to go see it or, or rent it or buy it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I years ago went to see Red State when he did the same rolling road show sort yeah. of thing. Um, that movie was incredible and that experience was incredible. He did it with Clerks 3 and I, I had zero interest. Like obviously COVID times and I don't really get out much anyway, mm-hmm. but I, it's Kevin Smith. I would totally go see him. I love to hear him talk. I love his evening with Kevin Smith videos. Those are amazing. Um, mm-hmm. but I was like not rushing out to go do it. And I'm like, there's something lacking here. I'm not, I'm not as excited about this one, you know? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm feeling like you're, you've watched it and you're kind of getting that same thing, but I'll certainly watch it. I, it might click with me. It might not. I think you're right, though. I'll, I'll probably it'll get me in the feels, but uh, that might be it. I think maybe the the unique thing about this is it's a modern Kevin Smith movie with characters that, you know, right. And have spent time with. And, and uh, yeah, you, you've you've liked the other movies mm-hmm. in this trilogy, essentially. So it, it'd be interesting to see how this goes. I will say. Uh, Jason Mew's uh, teeth are very distracting in this movie. I don't want to be mean, but like they're very. Are they dirty? Or are they no? It's like um, this poor fella like got some new teeth, mm. and it's just they like bright. They're they're very present in the movie. Interesting. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. You know what though? Uh, speaking of Red State from earlier, uh, I wish he would do another one of those, like something like that. I don't know why he doesn't. He did it was that. So fucking good. That was man. his resurgence. That was like he was going to quit directing, and then like it sparked all the shit in him, and it was like it was great to see him talk about it, and the movie was incredible, and mm-hmm. uh, he was so good at it. I don't know why he doesn't pull more of those out. Like he's really gone this other way again, this comedy way again. Yeah, I think what was it? Uh, Red State and then his next movie was Tusk. Is right. That the, the order. Yeah. So both like dark, weird movies. Uh, yeah. Mm. And like Tusk was made because they had come up with the press right. on a podcast or whatever. And, and that uh, associated episode of, of Smodcast is, is like pretty good. Yeah, they is. hammer out a lot of the beats right there. But um, like Tusk, I wouldn't say it's a good movie. It is an A24 movie. Mm. But man, I'll be honest, maybe like once or twice a month, I think about Tusk. Right. And I've only seen it once. <laughs> And I'm just like, damn. Like every time I see Justin Long, I know. I'm like, this motherfucker was in Tusk. I love he Justin Long titular Tusk. so much. And uh, I follow him on like Instagram now. And I, I listen to his podcast every once in a while. And he's oh, yeah. he's great and everything. Um, and yeah, any, anytime he brings anybody brings him up in Tusk, I'm like, God, yeah, that's a movie. Like it's 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 a weird watch. So I don't I don't do it very often. I think I've seen it twice, but it's pretty yeah. interesting. Like and he's pretty good at it. So. I listened to Fat Man Beyond, mm-hmm. uh, which used to be Fat Man on Batman, uh, Kevin Smith's podcast. He uh, co-hosts with Mark Bernardin, who's an incredible writer. And uh, Kevin has mentioned somewhat recently that, and maybe he made an announcement a while back, but I guess he's working on a sequel to Tusk oh. called Tusks, okay. <laughs> like Alien to Aliens, yeah. you know? So That's interesting. I, I'm kind of intrigued to intrigued. revisit that, that story because the way it ends, holy shit yeah i mean uh yeah it's pretty wild yeah interesting mm-hmm. though man yep. um yep. i'll check it out for sure i, I was so okay. intrigued when you first mentioned that you had seen it so uh even even not liking it so much i'm still intrigued and uh and i'll, I'll definitely watch it so i'll, I'll report back once okay. i once i hit that up but Perfect. um okay so another movie that i want i just want to mention this kind of quickly and i might go on another one but 
um, I was sick again uh, the last few weeks and stuff. And I was, uh, Amanda was at work. I think, yeah, she had to go back to work and um, after the new year and I was still sick and I was in bed and I was just scrolling through shit and like nothing looked good. I was kind of burnt out of the West Wing a little bit. I'd watched like 26 episodes in a row or some shit. <laughs> yeah. And like no movie. I, and I think that's the day I started watching like Captain America and like it just wasn't quite hitting what I wanted. It sure. wasn't quite. So I did pick a, a new movie and it's one I've just seen the poster for lots of times. Uh, it was on Paramount Plus. Uh, and okay. I just I was just like, fuck it. I don't even care. I'm just going to put this on. So I watched this movie called Moving Target from 1988, what? starring a very okay. young Jason Bateman, which is oh, why I wow. watched it. He's like a teenager. Yeah. This is like his second movie. This is like right around when he did like Teen Wolf 2. Um, and it's a TV movie. Um, but uh, and it's it was OK. It's it's I, I wouldn't like recommend it or whatever, but it had so many interesting parts to it. Essentially, it is. Uh, he is like a he's in a band like a an 80s, you know, whatever garage band. Uh, but he's a really good piano player. So for the summer, his dad is making him go to a piano or like a music camp and he escapes the camp. He's like he hates it there. After like a month, he like just leaves. He gets a cab, gets a flight, whatever, goes home, shows up at home. His entire family has moved out of the house. The furniture has gone. Mm. There's no phone numbers for anybody. His neighbors have no idea. His neighbor uh, is like your your sister was watering the lawn two days ago and they're just like gone all of a sudden. Uh, mm-hmm. So. He ends up being like chased by the police and then by the mob. Uh, what it essentially is is his dad was like a you know a, a, an exec in some company, and there's some some shady shit going on with like laundering money for the mob. And so his family has moved uh, to like witness protection while he's away. And oh. and so it's like this weird high concept '80s thing or whatever, right? But what was so weird to me is like how many people are in it. So obviously Jason Bateman, super young. It's just sure. he's always good. I haven't seen a ton of stuff with him being really young though. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Uh, his dad is Tom Skerritt, who uh, I like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. The the love interest for him is uh, China Phillips of Wilson Phillips. Uh, oh, I thought she looked familiar. The yeah. blonde one, yeah. Uh, she yeah. was really good. Like, really yeah. good? And she sings mm-hmm. in it and is really good and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, right on. But uh, I was surprised at her. I, had, I didn't know she acted in anything ever. Uh, and it felt very much like she was kind of hot at the time, you know, in the in the charts. So they were like, yeah, just get a name in here. And it's a TV movie mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, it had these, like, random people would show up where I'd be like, oh, like, that person, that person. There's, like... One guy from like Friday the 13th part five who I've like only ever seen in that movie, but he's in this movie. And I was like, oh, it's cool to see him again. Um, There's a guy named uh, Sasha Jensen who is um, from Dazed and Confused and from the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. He's he's like one of the friends in the band. And so just all these little people came up. He looks like on the scale of evolution, he looks like like maybe two steps back from... (laughs) modern man you know he has the <laughs> thickest eyebrows that yes. come together yeah 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 uh, otherwise very yeah. attractive i think he, the, the eyebrows i think he tried to sell me some geico insurance exactly uh, a couple of decades yeah, right back. yeah yeah um but yeah uh what i specifically liked about this movie though it was it was entertaining enough whatever but um what i specifically liked about it is that this movie is about uh, his dad is not really embroiled in this. He was kind of, he didn't realize the mob, they were like laundering money for the mob or whatever through this business. So that's mm-hmm. why he's, he's like testifying for it. Right. But I was like, this is essentially Ozark. Like his, the <laughs> okay. dad is involved in laundering money for the mob. So they have to move the kid. It's like the kid's reaction to such an event. And I'm like, mm-hmm. in my head now, this is a prequel 
this is what happened to Marty that led him into Ozark that like leads him to like launder money for the mob and have to go to Ozarks and like whatever. And so in my head, this is this is canon now. This is this is a connected universe and what like Wait. gave him the idea. So Jason Bateman's name in Ozark is Marty. Marty. Interesting. Mm. So Jason Bateman was in Teen Wolf Two. Mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox, mm. Teen Wolf mm-hmm. One. Mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox was Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Okay. This is all connected. Are you saying <laughs> uh-huh. that Back to the Future and Ozark are the same universe? Absolutely. <gasps> yep. I think you're right. The Ozarkiverse. The Ozarkiverse. <laughs> lies before you. Uh, yeah, and it was a, a pretty weird connection. I don't know. I, I, I liked it for being like a weird movie that I would throw, like, that would have come on TV when I was a kid and sick. This is like mm-hmm. what would have been there. And I, that was kind of, I don't know, weirdly nostalgic, even though I've never seen it before. Um, so yeah, I've even talked about this way more than I thought I would, but, uh, but it's out there. Uh, it was interesting. Yeah. It was really cool to see Jason Bateman so young. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Is there a scene in the movie where he's just like stressed the fuck out and doesn't think he can proceed forward mm-hmm. with, with doing what he has to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and China Phillips walks up to him, puts her <laughs> hand on the side of his face, says, babe, hold on for one more day. Yeah, but then... Uh-huh. Doc Brown shows up behind her. Marty! And he's like, let's go back in time. Yeah. So you don't have to hold over my day. <laughs> and the camera cuts back to Jason Bateman, full <laughs> <laughs> And he says, what movie am I in? <laughs> and then you look over and it's not Michael J. Fox, but it's Eric Stoltz as Marty. Whoa. What? Holy shit. But he's uh, in the makeup from... Uh, Mask. What is it? Mask. Thank you. Yeah. And then Cher is there. It's oh my wild, God. man. Wild Holy times. shit. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I got that one out there. What else you got? I thought you said you had another one uh, that you yeah, wanted to, I, to mention. Yeah. So another one, uh, we rewatched a movie we hadn't seen in a few years. Um, another one of our murder mystery stuff that we wanted to, to watch. Mm-hmm. So we watched, it's almost like every two days or uh, we're kind of watching a murder mystery, which is kind of fun. And there's a, a bunch on our list that are older, um, a bunch from like the 70s that Edgar Wright and uh and ryan johnson had recommended um but we we're still working our way through the list but uh we watched bad times of the el royale um have you have you seen that one yet i've heard of it isn't it is it just a few years old yeah it's from like uh maybe 2018 maybe 2019 um but it's uh it's it's really great um it has a ton of people in it it's got um chris hemsworth um i'm trying to look at the gas batista in this one or am I thinking of a different movie? That's different. No, I don't know what you're thinking. He's in Glass Onion, but I don't know any like other murder mystery stuff. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's, what that's it was. the one where he's, yeah, was, he's yeah. Drax. I was close. Drax. Technically, technically, uh, I was close. <laughs> uh, Jeff Bridges in this. Dakota Johnson, uh, John Hamm, Cynthia Erivo, who uh, I don't know from anything else, but she's amazing in this. Um, uh, Nick Offerman is in this. It's directed by Drew Goddard. Written and directed by Drew Goddard. He did. Um, uh, Cabin in the Woods. He directed that, co-wrote yes. it, right? Um, and he also wrote or co-wrote Cloverfield, the first Cloverfield movie. So um, I like Drew Goddard a lot. He doesn't he doesn't have a lot of stuff out there, but uh, this movie is it takes place in the '60s. It's a hotel that straddles the line, or like a motel that straddles the line of California and Nevada. So the whole conceit is that there's like a line from the parking lot straight through the lobby, 
there's like a red line and then on one side everything is like in california everything's like oranges on the other side it's like purples and you can only like they used to have a gambling license so like you could only gamble in the nevada side and you could only buy liquor in the california side and all this stuff so uh, it's got this like weird thing but um every character that shows up is kind of uh shady and you don't know what's going on there's a lot of uh again it's like a lot of mysteries kind of overlaid on top of each other it's not like one just Mm -hmm. overarching mystery uh but everybody plays their role so well um the the direction of it the the music is just top notch um the production design everything's great um specifically i wanted to mention the uh the bellboy the the guy the only guy working the hotel um his name lewis pullman and he is bill pullman's son and he he kind of looks like him but he he also is just like another phenomenal actor like he stole the show for me and he hasn't done a whole lot I, i hope he gets more roles but uh he was great um but yeah it's a really cool i don't know it's got a cool vibe um chris hemsworth shows up kind of later on um obviously he got brought in because he knew drew goddard from cabin of the woods and stuff and he is also amazing he's kind of like a a cult leader dude named billy lee and um everybody has their own little mysteries and um everybody's just top notch i've been uh reading a lot of scripts lately so that's also with scream the scream movies I, i read through all of those and then we were watching those movies kind of in between and it's been fun to see like the little nuances that are different. And some of those scripts mm-hmm. are like completely different. I've, I'm in the middle of reading bad times with the El Royale right now after seeing the movie. Um, and it's pretty similar. There's, there's a, a few nuances that are different, but um, for the most part, it's just really well written. So um, mm-hmm. I'd highly recommend this movie. It's a, uh, it's a great murder mystery. Amanda and I'd watched it years ago with a friend who only kind of liked it. And I just, I, I almost had that in my head a little bit too. Like, did I really like it? I couldn't really tell. And now I can 100% tell that uh, I really love this movie. So uh, we own it. I, I, I'm going to keep watching it a lot more because it's is a lot to, to, to take in. See, that's awesome. I was conflating this. The Dave Bautista movie I was talking about also came out in 2018 called Hotel Artemis. Oh, and it was also right. like an ensemble cast. And the, the Hotel movie movies. posters look similar. Right, right, right. To me. You know? I like so that I, movie, I, I actually. Was, yeah. Hotel Artemis. Oh. Uh, Oh, that's funny. It says it was like a box office bomb. Oh, absolutely. But it's essentially, oh, okay. you know, like uh, in John Wick, they have that hotel that he goes to. I can't remember what it's called. There's like a, maybe a TV show or movie or something about it. But it's like mm-hmm. the, the hotel for the assassins. Um, yeah. This is kind of that holiday s- in the holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the breakfast. Uh, Chingy runs it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that hotel artemis is essentially a story about that kind of hotel it's like a, a hotel that can harbor you know criminals and stuff and then um it's run by jody foster who also can like take care like they have like surgery you can like get bullets out there like you can go and like hide out there sort of whatever but um it's i didn't have any expectations for hotel artemis at all i thought it'd be terrible so when i watched it i was really kind of surprised uh and i've seen it a couple of times I actually really like that one so yeah. yeah i just looked it up the john wick hotel is the continental the continental hotel right yeah and there's gonna be yeah. like a tv show i think that they're called the continental that they're they're working on um yeah in that universe you know because it's just a cool idea so i wonder if they serve continental breakfast there i hope so and like if, it does. if they don't if they fucking don't <laughs> oh my god yeah well time to go they can have that they can get those bullets out though that's nice yeah they have the like, skills it's fine it's fine honestly there's a McDonald's and a Starbucks up the street. I'll, I'll just go there mm-hmm. and get you some breakfast. Oh, my God. You how, know I love How McDonald's you feel about hash browns? Oh. You want a hash brown? <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine Jody Foster's character in Hotel Artemis. Like, you want a hash brown? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else you got, uh, man? 
so I've got a few Netflix things to discuss. Go for it. Um, one of them is a four part documentary series. This is one of the things I watched when I was sick. This, I'm glad I put it on my list awesome. here, uh, because I was, uh, like you trying to search for something comfort food esque, mm-hmm. and I came across this. I was like, I don't know how I can pass this up Four episode docuseries called Pepsi. Where's my jet? Oh yeah. I'd heard about this and, one. Uh, again, this is, uh, for our, our young listeners. I had mentioned, you know, I, I, uh, old man explain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, some old Ooh, like stuff that. in our outtakes, so check that out. Uh, recording pogs. Uh, back in the day, back in the like mid '90s, Pepsi had this promotion called Pepsi Points, where part of the the label on the bottle had a point associated with it. You got enough points, you could get stuff from Pepsi. Oftentimes, it was like a shirt or a CD wallet, something like that, with their logo on there. Um, and it was this big deal. Part of their advertising campaign was like this kid's getting ready for school in the morning. He puts on some sunglasses. It was like so many points. Puts on a Pepsi shirt, uh, a, a few more points. And then uh, arrives at school in a jet. And it says 7 million points mm-hmm. for that that jet. But there's no fine print on it. And then the story of the documentary is the true life story of this young kid. I think he was high school, maybe college. Uh, he put a plan together of how he could get 7 million Pepsi points so he could get his jet. Mm-hmm. And he just happened to know this guy who was in like wealth management or whatever. And he was like, here's what I would need to get this ball rolling so I can get this jet. And he put together a business plan, shows this rich oh guy, God. and he's like, okay, let's fucking go for it. They do what's required. They send this to Pepsi. Pepsi kicks back a note to them saying, ha ha, obviously this is a joke. It's all in good fun, yada yada. Um, except he had a um, a recording of the original commercial mm-hmm. that had no fine print. He took it to lawyers and it snowballs from there. I thought I knew the, the whole story uh-huh. and how it ended. Turns out I did not. Uh, and watching this four-part series was fucking awesome, oh, right, man. man. Like, very well-put-together documentary. Very fun. And each episode is about half an hour. And That's it breezes you through there. And each episode has a nice little cliffhanger that want, makes you want to roll through to the next episode. So at some point, Michael Avenatti gets involved with oh, it. Uh, fucking um, <laughs> Stormy Daniels' lawyer. There we go. Right. Yeah, He's in jail. Yeah, and... Yeah, uh-huh. it was it was weird. Uh, he was on house arrest during the the making of the documentary. Yeah. But, um, man, like such a good documentary. And as they're going through there and interviewing people, they do the uh, the Cola Wars like Pepsi challenge. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, differentiate oh, Pepsi right. from Coke? And they they do a blind test for a lot of people they interview. Mm-hmm. And the the outcome of the uh, the or the winner of the the. Um, Competition mm-hmm. is revealed at the end, the last episode as well. Um, but man, very fun. I, I would recommend this to anyone just to see, like, this is why we have all of this legalese at the right. bottom of every commercial right. that's in there. Like, if you watch a car commercial where it's just like simply driving down the road, it will say in fine print, stunt driver, uh, participated close course, in this filming. yeah, it's, yeah, right, it's right. just like it's, it's just driving around a it's canyon, not even, dude. you're not even driving fast, you're driving like 45, yeah. it's fine, like people can do that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the car is parked, it's just sitting right. in an empty desert parking lot, it's just lot. someone going, room. Um, that's cool, <laughs> yeah. it's fine, we, you know, we know it, we got it. Uh, they got Stuart Little in there. Oh, uh, yeah. He's pretending to drive the car. It's like the safest possible thing. Uh, but yeah, very, very much recommended. Well, um, I wanted to yeah. jump on that real quick because I had heard mm-hmm. about that. I had heard it was uh, like online on Reddit. I think people were like, it's really good and funny, but it, it could have been like way shorter. 
Um, the episodes themselves seem short, though, but people are like, it could have been like an hour long documentary, basically, instead of like a two hour documentary. Uh, oh, but you seem to like all of it, though, right? Yeah, I don't right Yeah, I didn't have any pacing problems with it at all. Like they do give some backstory here and there mm-hmm. on, on meeting the various people. But I think that informs who they are and why they make the decisions they do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the people they interview ends up having like um, life threatening illness of some sort. And I, I think that hits hard. Like it's never good, mm-hmm. but knowing how adventurous they are in their regular life, I think that helps inform right their motivations for doing things i don't know i didn't have a problem with right the pacing on. of it at all um, you know and then years ago i had a friend in walter who i worked with at state farm uh he he told me about that he liked pepsi and he he said that when he was a teenager i don't know if he was actually going for the jet as well uh i feel like i'm conflating that just knowing that the story is out there and it's documentaries out there mm-hmm. but he i remember him telling me that he he drank as much soda as he could like that contest was like really big and like you, you get yeah. a lot of stuff like Mm-hmm. getting points and stuff uh and i remember him telling me that he he was like yeah i wanted to get that jet but all i got was diabetes <laughs> <laughs> wow he's like I how drank, many points did that take right, you know yeah he's like i drank yeah. pepsi like every day multiple days yeah. for like years yeah. you know trying to get those fucking points so that's intense man yeah. like especially as i'm getting older i gotta diabetes. i gotta look more carefully at what i uh, put in my body you know i whether it's food drink or butt plugs exactly you, know, you, you gotta you gotta, gotta, gotta be on camera watch you know, you know? gotta <laughs> yeah yeah i've actually um i've only had one coca-cola in the last week um, wow. i'd gotten super back into uh sodas and specifically coke uh since the mm-hmm. pandemic really just being like you know mm-hmm. the world's shitty fuck it whatever uh and mm-hmm. i i really i get addicted to it like i i started having like three wow. a day some days and i was like i gotta i gotta curb this and so i stopped and it was kind of hard the first few days but uh Mm -hmm. even yesterday i I chose a sprite over a coke because i was like i don't want the caffeine like even that's yeah sugary and whatever but uh still i was like i don't need to i don't need the caffeine you know man i our bathroom scale had stopped working and i usually try to weigh myself a couple of times throughout the week just to stay on top of things and you know it'd been around the holidays and I think around Thanksgiving is kind of when it stopped working properly. Mm. I thought I need to put some new batteries in it. I finally did so, and I got on the scale this morning. <laughs> I said, "Oh, it's still broken. This is giving me the wrong numbers." <laughs> I must have put really heavy batteries in there. Uh, I put some heavy ass fucking batteries. Did I put the batteries on top of the thing? How many of us are on the scale right now? I couldn't believe it. Oh my god, I, I lost uh, a decent amount of weight during the pandemic. Uh-huh. I was one of those freaks, and holy shit, I fucking found it. <laughs> I found out where I kept it, so yeah, I, know. I, I found it back cookies, on it. But damn it, man! Like I love Coke Zero. Like mm-hmm. we have these mini cans that we buy. It's like seven point five ounces right, right, right. or whatever, and I like to take those for lunch or whatever. But uh, even though it says zero calories, it can't fucking be. It still can't be good for you, right? Like, I don't understand how that's any possibly good for you. Yeah, still. Yeah, so so I'm a little bit suspect, but you know, I am. I do still have nine cans left in the tent. Well, you got so, it. Yeah, I, I will go through. You don't it, waste you know, anything. Probably. Yeah, I, I know. I won't do of that. Um, what else did I watch? I watched uh, the the final season of Dead to Me. Finally came oh out. Oh my god! With, uh, Christina Applegate yes. and Lucy Lawless. <laughs> uh, what is? Who is it? <laughs> what uh, the fuck is her name? Uh, I love her too, fuck. man. But I can't even think about it. She's from uh, lots of things. I'll look it up. You yeah. keep talking. She was. 
Age of Ultron and uh, the two live action oh, Scooby yeah, Doo movies. Oh man, Jamie Renner. We haven't talked about Jamie Renner. He had his accident. Yeah. So sad. She's. Oh my god. She's his. Uh, what an intense fucking accident. Oh my god. Man. Crazy. Linda Cardellini. It's like, there we go. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, fantastic. Car- she was on Freaks and Geeks years ago, but I, I've never seen that show. Oh I man, to watch it. it's rad. I need to add it to my list. You're right. Um, but yes, Dead to uh, Me. Man, tell me about it. Dead to Me. Uh, so the the final season is the final season. Oh, from that's what it. I can tell. Okay. Like, it 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 ends on a uh, a period. Um, and, uh, not like an actual, like, right. woman's period, you know? That'd be weird. Sometimes, you know, if you get around somebody who's heavy enough flow, I'm like, this period's an exclamation point. <laughs> uh, real talk, I can never tell when a woman's on her period. I know that's the joke. It's like, oh, she's, she's mad. She must be on her period. Like, I've never been able to like, tell. like, all women are I mad just, at me all the time. I don't understand. Just constantly. <laughs> I'm the snake in the hen house is, is, is what I've gathered. It's, it's more of a me problem oh, for man. sure. But uh, Dead to Me, uh, uh, TV show about best friends. Uh, they have a recap at the beginning of this season. Uh-huh. Thank God, because I, I forgot remember. most of it. I just right. I just remembered loving the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like so uh, dark humor. It's uh, yeah, yes. it, it has a good vibe to it, though. I, I, I also would need a, a huge recap or to maybe even rewatch the other seasons. It's been so long. I think that's the best approach because yeah. even with that recap at the beginning, I was like, wait, who was this? Right. Uh, Christina Applegate's husband dies and then like Linda Cardellini's boyfriend is involved. And I was thinking, but he's like a twin. I know. And the, James like Marsden, all this stuff. Yeah. There's, there, there's a lot of this stuff. Yeah. James Marsden's in it. Right. Oh my God. James Marsden. Oh my God. Holy shit. Love that I don't dude. Know. I, I, every time he shows up in anything, he's always a delight. Mm-hmm. He was in the Enchanted and Disenchanted. Oh, that right. I that's right. Yeah. Watched recently. Oh my God. He's always good. Pulls of blue eyes. Ooh. Oh my god, he's dreamy, man. A dreamboat, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, Dead to Me season three, it was good. Like I acclimated mm-hmm. watching through this. I was like, oh, that's right. There's the connective tissue there right. that I was missing. Um, it it took some time, but I got up to speed, and uh, yeah, like the this is the final season, and uh, it was it was good throughout. I right on no notes. Mm-hmm. I, I was very enjoyable. It's a show about best friends. And, uh, Stephen, I don't know if you know this or not, but like, that's something that's very near and dear to me, you know, Mm -hmm. (sighs) best friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being dead because of that song, that song, best friends. Yeah. song by, uh, SZA and, oh, right. And um, and Krissa. Yeah. I was going to say Doja Cat, but you are correct. Oh, yes, right, right, right. And, 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 yeah. Her old street name was Krizza, so. Krizza, yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, her real name is Kristen. Of course. We all know yeah. this. I'm Played re- by Kristen Bell. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, yeah. what is jo- Doja Cat's real name? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, good show. Uh, really enjoyed it. I, the, the best approach is to rewatch the first two seasons and then go into this one, I believe. Uh, Christina Applegate, uh, speaking of Jeremy Renner's real life mm. issue, uh, she too has right. a condition that she revealed. I believe she has She's MS. MS. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I, as I was watching the the show, I couldn't help but notice the amount of scenes that were shot with her, like sitting down mm. or whatever. But it's not anything that like affects the show or it's right. like, oh, she can't do this because she's like they they work with it. And it's it's totally fine. I, I matter of fact, I think the production does a fantastic job with it. That's oh, great because it makes sense with like the story that, that happens throughout the show. Uh, but yeah, really enjoyed it. I need to check and, it out. Uh, we yeah. highly recommend that the whole series to everyone. We uh 
once again, we got rid of Netflix mm-hmm. at the end of the year uh, for this month. Yeah. Uh, and it took it's the, the eighth that we're recording this right now. And yesterday on the seventh, I already was like, God, there's some I want to watch this on Netflix. I want to watch this on Netflix. It's like once <laughs> yeah. I ha- when I have it, I barely watch it. And when I get rid of mm-hmm. it, I'm like, God, there's so many good things. Like, obviously, the, the two you've mentioned so far, the documentary and then this sound great. I forgot that this came out. I wanted to watch it. Uh, got rid of Netflix. And there you go. So I'll get it again. So. You have kicked both Coke and Netflix? Yeah. Are you okay? Not really. Okay. Look at me. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, let's see. Uh, so I've got two other things. One of them okay. we, we've kind of mentioned, uh, Glass Onion. But before we get to that, I want to talk about White Noise, which is based on a novel oh, right, of some right, right. sort. You texted me about that. And I texted you about this. And then last night I was putting my list together of stuff I want to talk about today, and I saw white noise. White. You're like, what was that? that A documentary? (laughs) What was this? I literally had to look it up, even though I had like a strong opinion about this movie, uh, and that it's just not Not for for you. Like it's, it was okay. Like some of the performances in it were all right. Adam Driver Mm -hmm. uh, is in it. Um, He's he plays like an older man. He looks like he's like mid fifties. They make him look kind of balding and whatnot. Um, But I. There's some like paranoia about this movie. Like when I was reading about it leading up to watching the movie, it said there's like a pandemic that happens. Mm. That's not a pandemic. It seems like it's localized. Isn't a pandemic something that's like nationwide or global? I thought, yeah, that specifically is what it kind of meant. Yeah, this is not that. A widespread occurrence is literally, yeah, of an infectious disease over a whole country or the world at a particular time. So, yeah. Yeah, this is is not quite that. But, uh, I, I looked up some information on the book mm-hmm. as well, or the novel, and it seemed like this, as I was watching this, I was like, oh, I'm sure this is better as a book, because it seems like they tried to put a lot of story into this, mm-hmm. where, I don't, like, the pacing seemed a bit off, right? and it seemed kind of like three different movies crammed into one, or three different stories crammed into one mm-hmm. movie, I guess. Um, not quite for me, but... Uh, I, right. I heard there was some like talk about it that it it seems like a weird artifact that exists out there in the world. I had no idea there was going to be a movie. I, I have the novel. I've never read it. Um, I own it. And what we talked about uh, whenever you texted me about it is I, I didn't know when you mentioned it, I didn't I didn't connect it either that that movie was based on that novel. But uh, my favorite band, The Airborne Toxic Event, is mm-hmm. taken from that novel, which is by Don DeLeo. And it's because they talk about an airborne toxic event. Uh, that leads this pandemic or whatever. And mm-hmm. you said that like they have a title card that says that. And you were like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Which is cool. And uh, I'm so curious to see um, what Mikel Jale, the, the lead singer of that, who chose that name. I'm, I'm curious to see if he has mentioned it or not. I'm, I, again, I'm not on Twitter. I, I, I probably lapsed my my 30 day where I could get it back if I wanted to. But um, that's really where I followed him mostly in his views. But um, I'm curious if, if he's seen it or whatever, because he he recommended the novel kind of through their band name. And I've meant to read it. I, I bought it years ago. I just haven't gotten to it. But um, this movie is by Noah Baumbach. Uh, I, when you mentioned you watched it, I was like, yeah, I don't know that he's really kind of your style. Uh, he's not really even my style very much. He's His partner is Greta Gerwig. Um, and they do some stuff together, like some movies and stuff together, but, um, he's had like a, a weird filmography, I guess for me, I don't watch a lot of these stuff. I, it's like, I've heard of them like marriage story, the Mayorit stories, um, Francis Ha, which is 
one that uh, Greta Gerwig is in that I hear is really good. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that this would be your kind of your kind of jam. But he did uh, apparently co-write Barbie with Greta Gerwig, um, which she's directing. So I thought she just wrote that, but apparently they co-wrote it. So oh my god, that'd be so interesting. Have you seen that? Have you seen that Barbie teaser? Yeah. They released. Oh my god, it looks fun. I don't know what's going on, but I'm super into it. Yeah, yeah. it looks like yeah. they just had like another Ryan Gosling thing. He plays Ken. Yeah, uh, it looks like mm-hmm. it's gonna be a good time. Greta Gerwig, I think, is is a, yeah. a really good director. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. This one has like an ending sequence that's like a bunch of like it's musical it involves dancing and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it's like the entire credits. And I watched the whole thing, and I was just like. I know I'm done with this movie and I have been ready right. to be done with it for a while, but like, I feel like I need to watch the entire credits. They had like a Bollywood sequence at the end. What are you talking about? Like, uh, kind of, sort of interesting. Yeah. It's if anything, the pandemic is people dancing in a grocery store. Well, that I'll just say, is interesting. I'll just say that. Yeah. I did watch a, uh, a Bollywood video yesterday that someone took the music out and they just put in fake sound effects and it was pretty fucking oh. great, man. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> just little squeaks and stuff you know it makes everybody look fucking silly as hell it's awesome hell yeah um and then uh yeah then the last netflix thing uh is glass onion Mm -hmm. we have both seen this movie right right um i this is a sequel to knives out uh directed by ryan johnson and uh man i had a blast watching this my my wife i don't know why but she doesn't care for knives out but she liked this movie like she said she liked it better Uh i'm just gonna go ahead and say she liked it right um i like both i really had a blast watching this one like it was it was fun like they talk about the pandemic Mm -hmm. a little bit like that surprised but just at the beginning beginning, yeah yeah. and then uh you know i I don't want to say too much i don't want to spoil anything we're going to do a a deep dive conversation about this on a later episode but like man i i had a fucking blast with this i yep. i was fully in another ensemble cast plus benoit blanc he's so good dude i've seen so I many don't people play clue is too silly <laughs> for me good. there's so many people that are like man he's great as james bond but benoit blanc is like his like calling you know uh and i'm totally of that i i actually saved this little thing about it that um a guy I follow online on his letterbox, he said, I would be so happy to just watch another Knives Out mystery for every three years for the rest of my life. I'm like, yeah. just keep fucking going. And Netflix paid like $450 million for the rights for the two sequels, which is, or not, not just the rights, but to pay for them or whatever, you know, but sure. I wonder how much Ryan Johnson made. I hope he made like $100 million because I want him oh to do this God. forever. It's such a good character was- and the ensemble cast are fucking amazing. Yeah. It was shot so well, and you right. think of, like, a crime story. You don't think of, like, a sunny beach vacation. Right. Like, the, the the color saturation pops, but not, like, overly so. And the the charisma of almost every actor mm-hmm. really shines through. I could have used some more Jessica Henwick, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. But, like, overall, man, it was an enjoyable fucking ride, man. She was the uh, I was like, which the one? assistant to uh, Kate Hudson. Oh my god, the, yeah, the Asian woman. She's yeah. so good. She's I I was like, she looks really familiar, and it was uh, Matrix Resurrections for me yes. that I knew her from. Yeah, yeah she's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah, uh, the whole idea of these movies, like the Knives Out, is so cozy and New England and stuff, and then this one is so bright. But what I loved about mm-hmm. it too is like that's like obviously a, a huge juxtaposition, but the it's a it's an ensemble mystery. With Benoit Blanc in the middle, but they have nothing. They're nothing alike. Like I, uh, I, mm. I saw an interview with Ryan Johnson where he described like his his big influence. Obviously, is Agatha Christie, 
And he was like, I love her novels because every one is a mystery, but they have completely different conceits. They have completely different setups. Mm -hmm. Um, They might have like one character, you know, going through or whatever, but like, like the detective, but um, they didn't, it didn't feel like one of those sequels where they just did the same thing with different Mm -hmm. characters. It feels like a completely different story just set in the world of Benoit Blanc and holy Mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. I want one of these every three years for the rest of my life. I would happily watch as many as they can come up with the 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 stories are always so layered like an onion but uh interesting i'm with you too though i definitely want to deep dive on this soon because uh, i have a lot to say about both the movies so mm-hmm. uh, the the title glass onion evidently comes from a beatles song mm-hmm. uh same thing with knives out right and i did not know that until know, recently yeah. which i thought was interesting because i started going through the beatles discography there you go in in order mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, coming across those songs and seeing what they they sound right like. Oh man, yeah. I don't even know those songs. Yeah, it's like I, same. I had no idea. I know the hits. Uh, and with the Beatles, yeah. uh, this is a little funny little anecdote. My brother Danny is uh, not a not was not a big Beatles fan. Didn't really know their music. I don't know why. I knew a lot from my dad and stuff. I remember listening to, like the White Album with my dad and everything. Uh, but my my brother Danny's partner Caleb uh, likes to he does their music usually at the car or whatever. So mm-hmm. he would just play stuff for Danny, and Danny kept being like, "Man, this is really good. This is really good." And it and Caleb was like, "Yeah, this is like a number one hit for the Beatles." And Danny was like, "Oh my god, I didn't even know that. This is crazy. What are we listening to?" And he's like, "The number ones from the Beatles. It's an album <laughs> of all the number ones." And he's like, "Oh my god, these are all amazing." <laughs> so fucking funny. He just had no clue. Man. Like he like had this lapse in Beatles history, you know. So. same yeah it's like a big blind spot for me um my uh my friend preston who had sadly passed away back in mm. 2020 he, the beatles were his shit oh, like yeah. even when we were in like in high school and whatnot he fucking loved mm-hmm. the beatles and i just uh haven't been ready to get into it until right. like recently um there's a podcast called screw it we're just going to talk about the beatles <laughs> and they go album by album and I thought, oh, this is like a, a fun way for me to like listen to this music and then have some people talk about right. it. Give you some context. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I've listened to the first two albums and looking at the release schedule for these first ones. Uh, number one, I didn't realize how many, how high the percentage of like cover songs on those first few albums mm. are. Oh, I don't know, yeah. It's like half the album is, is cover Crazy. songs. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they would drop like multiple albums in a single year. Mm. And uh, the, yeah, just the, the timeline the of time they were is yeah. crazy short of how much they yeah. it changed everything, changed culture. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go through and look at the the names of some of the, the Beatle albums, it's like, oh, yeah, that's an iconic album. That's an right. iconic album. It's that's like every one of yeah. them are. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. It really They're is. pretty crazy. I, really... I, I feel like, too, I, I had I love them. I like a lot of their songs. I didn't understand their influence so much uh, until I talked to my dad years ago. And I remember saying, like, yeah, I like the Beatles, but like you know, there's other bands that are really good. And he, he tried to like, tell me, like, he's like, you weren't there. Like, you don't understand. They changed <laughs> everything. Like they changed yeah. music. They changed the culture. This one mm. band for like three or four years did all this stuff. And it's, he was like, it was night and day, you know? Yeah. Wild. I, I know some like hits from them. Right. And I know they have different eras, but to listen to these full albums That's multiple cool, times yeah. through. And it's like, each album is like 36 minutes long, mm-hmm. so you can like really get back into it pretty quickly. Right. Um, hearing things on there and being like, oh, that reminds me of this right. song right. that came years later, you know, of, from a different band. Um, but it, it's wild how that how that came together. What were we talking about? I have no idea, but the Beatles are great, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Knives just, out. Hey, Glass again. Onion. Just like community <laughs> service. The Beatles are pretty good. 
<laughs> you got to check them out. Little man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Liverpool. Um, I've got I've got two additional things. Okay. I got one. Uh, beyond beyond this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's let's do yours. Okay. What, what have you got? Uh, so uh, I'd heard about this movie coming out and uh, didn't I specifically did not look up a lot about it. But last night, uh, our friend and uh, and frequent guest Allison had mentioned that on ne- on uh, not Netflix on um, HBO the new movie The Menu. Uh, arrived on there oh, so yeah. i was going to rent it and i'm so glad i didn't uh, and i found out that it was actually going to be streaming and everything but uh she had highly recommended it i'd heard nothing but wonderful things about it all i really knew was like the main poster which has ray fines and um now i'm trying to remember everybody's names um the the chick and the guy you know those people um <laughs> uh anna taylor anya taylor joy right. nicholas holt nicholas holt yeah who i fucking love yeah um uh, both of them and uh that's all i really knew i knew it was kind of uh it's it's kind of poking fun at um snobby high class quote-unquote people and i knew it was like a foodie movie and it had like thriller and or horror aspects and um, yeah, so we ended up throwing that on last night. It's another, it's not a mystery movie, but it kind of fit in the the, the vein of other things we were watching. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'd highly recommend it. I don't want to spoil a lot of it because I literally went into it just knowing those people were involved and the things I said that it's, you know, kind of snobby people and this menu and it's kind of a, a thriller horror. And uh, it really surprised me. We had no idea where it was headed. Um, mm-hmm. I think at the end... Uh, just the way it ends or whatever, Amanda, I'm, I'm not sure of her. I, I can't really gauge her yet. She said she said she was entertained the whole time. I think she liked it, but it's like a thinker almost. It's like you want to go back and rewatch mm-hmm. and kind of take it all back, all back in. But um, yeah, it, it had so many people in it. Janet McTeer uh, plays a, a food critic in it, and she's from Ozark as well. And I'd never seen her in anything except for Ozark, and she blew us away. She just shows up, and she's so grim and awesome um and then over and over again people kept showing up and i was like a, a lot of character actors a lot of people i mm-hmm. didn't know were in the movie though i don't i don't even want to say them because i don't know what what people know but um mm-hmm. anyway it, it is a, a a thriller horror movie uh, but i will say that some of our friends that aren't into horror also recommended this to amanda that they said this is totally up our alley for stuff they knew that we liked, but even they could watch it. So maybe even people that aren't so into horror movies would still get a thrill out of this. So um, everybody involved is fantastic. The the food presented is is kind of douchey, but but very foody, cool looking, you know, um, yeah. and the whole style of the movie I really dug. So uh, I'd recommend it. That's awesome. I had literally just heard about this movie mm. like last week and then Allison recommended it and then. You know, I added it to our, our watch queue, so right. I'm looking forward I, to I would check checking it out. this out. And it's not too long. Yeah. It's like, um, I'm trying to look it up right now if it actually gives me the, the timeline on here, but it felt like a really fast movie. It's it's 106 minutes, so it's well, the credits, Ooh, it's just at like an hour and a half um, mm-hmm. for actual movie time and everything, so it's, it's a quick ride, and um, yeah, everybody involved is great, so yeah, check it out, man. So watch Ratatouille, then the menu, and then your evening is set. I didn't want to spoil anything, but yes, they are connected. Oh my god. Yeah. Remy's in it. I, uh, that's the that's the cameo I didn't want to spoil. Oh fuck <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you go through the cast list. It says Patton Oswalt, Remy the Rat. What the fuck? And he speaks French. But it's a horror movie, so he does end up in someone's butt. Of course, uh, obviously. I don't want to say who's. Wait, Richard Gere's in the movie. I don't want to say it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what happened to Richard Gere? Where's he at anymore? I don't know. I forever. feel like if he were to show up on this movie set and one of the prop masters was like, so I had this rat. What do I do with it? And then uh, the director's like, get it in gear. <laughs> 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 oh, 
That was a solid uh, joke. We know it's a gerbil. Oh my god! I don't want to spread rumors. Ooh. It was a gerbil. Get it in gear, amazing. Gear gerbil. Both begin with G's. You know. Um, but speaking of uh, cartoon-based cinema, ah, indeed. Uh, I've seen two movies, Stephen. I've seen. Strange World from 2022, a Disney movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie like came out in theaters and kind of just disappeared. Uh, yeah. If you went to see uh, like any of the Marvel movies, any of the like major Disney releases throughout the year, they would have this little like teaser for mm -hmm. this, but it wouldn't tell you what the movie's about or what it was. It just has some like strange creatures that show up in this and whatnot. So I, I didn't really know what to think. And then I, I heard that it came out and then it just showed up on Disney Plus at a certain point. I don't know if there it was like a, under its typical like 45 day right. window or whatever, but like it showed up. And uh, so it was just like after Christmas, my wife and I were hanging out. She was recovering from getting sick. Uh, my body was deciding, um, yeah, OK, let's be sick right. as well. Uh, so we're in this little like uh, gray area. So we threw on the movie, uh, not really knowing much of anything. Mm -hmm about what it was and uh it was good like i i think there's been some controversy about it with uh conservatives because there's a gay relationship oh yeah in the movie heaven forbid I know. these people become three-dimensional characters but it's totally fine it's like a mixed race couple jake gyllenhaal does one of the voices oh wow uh, in it um like it has a, a pretty good voice cast mm -hmm. Um, sometimes that, that turns me off a little bit for Disney and Pixar stuff because it feels like stunt casting. Like a lot of my favorite right. Disney movies, like the characters are voiced by like not necessarily big name actors, right. you know, it's just like they, they were uh, put in that part because they can express that character so well. They, they kind of lean forward with that side of it. But, um, Jake Gyllenhaal does a good job. Right like on. the entire voice cast is, is well done. Um, I, it was very enjoyable. Um, it, it's kind of like a father and son story, mm -hmm. but also, uh, I'm, uh, I have my own family and, oh shit, I'm accidentally becoming my father, which I was trying to get away from. And mm -hmm. then my son is bonding with my grandfather or my dad. And, and it's like a grandfather son relationship at that point. And I, I, I like the character dynamics a lot. The, the strange world itself, mm -hmm. uh, as I was going through this, I was like, man, this reminds me of this 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 reminds me of something like the design of it and then by the time we get to the end of the movie that was what it was i was like hot damn <laughs> i did it again i did it again. I, I wasn't like oh i bet this is what this is but i, I was just like oh the design of, of the the world reminds me of uh this specific thing and uh, i don't want to spoil anything but um uh, i thought it was kind of cool uh that it worked out that way right but uh i i don't feel like this is like a a major Disney movie that people are going to be talking about for years, mm. but I do think that it's quality animation. Um, even though it's Disney proper instead of Pixar, it's not musical in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just like points for, uh, being inclusive, uh, right on. for, for the casting and, and, and making the characters diverse and whatnot. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's strange. I, it's right there. I, this one was so weird to me because I, I heard nothing about this until like the week it was released on Disney plus, And I just mm -hmm. thought it was a new Disney TV show. And then I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, and yeah. I heard people talking about it and being like, yeah, what is this? I've never heard of this. And I was like, yeah, me neither. What is this? Yeah. And then you're the first person that I've even heard that, that watched it in the whole world. Yeah. The whole world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm one. I'm the one. 
but it was good. I would, I would definitely rewatch this, but I, I love uh, Disney right. animation anyway, so I'm, I'm kind of in the bag for this. Totally. Oh, my God. If you haven't seen Tangled, what are you doing with your I've life? I've never seen Tangled. You've never seen Tangled, no. but you're bold, so I think that's maybe... <laughs> maybe that's... It feels insulting to me. <laughs> yeah, so like, rub it in my fucking face. She has so much hair. So much hair. <laughs> You're so quick with it. Well, of course you're taking it. Yeah. Uh, what else um, you got? And then Steven. Oh my god. A good ending? Great. It's not a good ending, a great ending. Oh, perfect. We went to the theaters last night. Mm-hmm. Steven. I've am now the proud owner of eyeballs who have witnessed <laughs> pissing bits too. Oh. <laughs> I love pissing bits. Puss and boots. Puss and boots. Puss and boots. The last wish. The you sequel love those movies, right? to the to movie from uh, over a decade ago. I like Wait. the Puss and Boots movie. Uh-huh. Uh, who is a character that's in the Shrek movies. The Shrek movies are kind of just like meh to mm. me. But I fucking love Puss and Boots. It's all DreamWorks animation, mm-hmm. either way. Right. Uh, they revamped the animation style for this to make it more, uh, to, to make it look more like a fairy tale, mm-hmm. like illustrated uh, book. That's interesting. And uh, they, <laughs> I'm telling you, the Spider-Verse movie with Miles mm-hmm. Morales was a huge influence on all of these animation companies, mm-hmm. like DreamWorks in particular, because they uh, had mentioned in the production thing on Wikipedia for that movie, as well as uh, Puss in Boots 2, I'm really struggling. It's now. hard to I say. say Puss and boots. Puss Puss two. Puss. Okay. <laughs> yep. You know, uh, like all the, boots the, too. The, the production. Production. <laughs> God damn it. The production notes under both of those movies say that the animation was uh, influenced by uh, Into the Spider Verse because uh, there's like every uh, possible animation style is in that movie, mm-hmm, right? right? So uh, that leaked over to these other ones, which I think is fantastic. I, I'm tired of seeing like everything look like Disney and Pixar style CGI right. animation. Uh, even change up. those companies are changing it up on their mm-hmm. end. Um, so it's so delightful to see these new styles to it. I will say that they do this thing where on the actiony moments of Puss 2, Electric Boogaloo, uh, they they make it animate on like twos or something like that. Like the animation looks stuttery. It looks smooth all the other times, mm-hmm. like when the characters are interacting or whatever. But it looks a little bit like stuttery on but some on of the purpose. action scenes. But it's on purpose but it's not like on all action scenes so it's not i don't know i I don't really know what the thought is there but that was like the one note my wife my uh wife had Mm -hmm. is like yeah it looks a little bit uh uh start stoppy on on some of the animation um almost like um um uh like claymation type of Mm. you know how it's not like super smooth right right, right. you can tell there are things missing things in between that wasn't an issue for me i I fucking love the whole Mm -hmm. thing um the the story is very good. It's a uh, puss is uh, I'm just gonna say it. He's a fucking cat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got nine lives. He's used up the first eight of those some bitches. Mm. He's on his last life. Mm-hmm. Turns out there's this part of the land they live in, um, the the dark area of their land. They, if you go there, you can find this wishing star that fell down from the the heavens long ago. Make your wish. Hey, puss. Guess what? <laughs> you get your nine lives back. Whoa. Dude. I mean, you could probably wish for like an infinite amount of lives, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. who wants to live forever, not, though? That's, that's, 
No, I'm, I tried to tap out last year. <laughs> Life tried to tap you out last year. That's right. <laughs> One of us was tapping. That's all I'm going to say. I can't really get into it for legal reasons, but you know. Um, but uh, like it, uh, the, have you seen the f- first Puss in Boots movie? N- no. I remember oh you liking God. them. Uh, it never Oh, Steven, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I'm not a big it. DreamWorks animation guy in general. Uh, the first Shrek movie I, I like. I used mm. to like at least. Um, I remember not really liking the sequels that much. And then I, I don't even think I was watching the sequels when Puss shows up even. So uh, not even worry about the first it. one, right? Don't even worry about it. So I, yeah, and mm. it's like, uh, it's an, isn't it Antonio Manderas? Is he still voicing that? Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, that's yep. a great casting, right? But... Selma Hayek plays Ooh, okay. Kitty Softpaws, oh uh, his uh, femme fatale. Mm-hmm. It's like if he's Batman, she's Catwoman, Driver, right? right. Uh, oh, so she's they a have a great chemistry. Yeah, okay. she's Catwoman, Woman. right? Um, and then in the sequel, they meet a little doggy, uh, and they they, they try like to dogs. come up with a name for it uh, throughout. But it's like a little Chihuahua. He pretends to be a cat at the beginning, mm. and. Oh my god! When this movie is funny, it's fucking. Fu- I laughed out loud multiple <laughs> times. I was like fucking Robert De Niro in was it Cape Fear mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm in the theater just laughing it up by myself. Got a cigar, right. smoke billowing up. You know, <laughs> I was having a blast, man. And then like when the movie wants to hit you in the feels, mm-hmm. it fucking does. And then there is a character in this movie. It's a wolf character. I, I had seen like a trailer or two for this movie mm-hmm. leading up to it, but that's at the beginning of the year and I haven't seen much of anything since. And I was totally fine going in as blind as possible. I don't know if this character was in the trailer, but there's this wolf character in this movie that is fucking terrifying. Like if you were a child watching this movie, I could see this character keeping you up at night. Mm. They make his eyes like pure red and like he's surrounded by black. He looks fucking scary. Right on. And uh but the character designs in this movie are fucking great. Uh John Mulaney voices the main uh antagonist mm-hmm. character which is Big Jack Horner. He used to be a little bit. He ate so many pies. He got fucking big, <laughs> uh-huh. just like a, a large fat guy. Um, and then Goldilocks and the three bears are in this. Goldilocks is voiced by um, Florence Pugh. Oh, nice. Uh, so I looked about like it's fucking great, dude. Love like uh, the, the little dog is voiced by um, Harvey uh, I Weinstein. Think of his last name. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> not in this movie. We can't throw that on plus two. But. Um, uh, he he's uh the the familiar character in uh the tv show uh, uh what we do in the shadows i'm trying to say look it how up. to get away with murder mm-hmm. um nope i got nothing none of these people look familiar okay anyway uh the voice cast well we already said her yeah we did we, olivia we coleman her. is in this yep mm-hmm. is it harvey mama bear there we Harrow? go yes mm-hmm. yes the dog. The dog. Mm, that makes sense. Um, man, it's so fucking stellar. I, I, as I was watching the movie, as I watch any movie, I kind of have like a little like uh, hourglass I flip over in my head. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out like when we're about to run out mm-hmm. of sand or like when the story gets to that point. I kept like flipping the hourglass back over because I did not want it to mm. end. I was having so much fun right on, watching man. this movie. And it's like a quest movie. Like you have a band of characters, a ragtag band of characters that don't really want to work together, but they do. And then they like kind of form a bond as they're on this quest to recover this thing. And oh, my God, I I fucking love this. I, I would highly recommend uh, the first 
Puss movie, mm-hmm. and then Puss Two. Electric Boodle. Uh, bo- boodle. Oh. Electric Boodle. <laughs> yeah, you did it. You did it. I've been holding that in. Oh, Ever since you good. said it, I was like, wait oh, a second. Out. <laughs> yeah. Just bend over and let it blow. I, um, I knew you yeah. liked these, or that first movie at least. I knew you liked it. Uh, and one time in the last like year or so, if you recall, I, I sent you a picture that I found uh, of some tag, some like spray paint tagging at a, at a park mm. bench when I was taking my uh, my niece out to the park. And it just said Puss in Boots. And I was like, man, yeah. people are really digging this movie. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. It's viral marketing has started for the sequel. Uh, but evidently, this movie has been in like production or uh, planned production since 2014, uh, and it's just gone through these different rewrites. And I, I guess there the, were a bunch of DreamWorks change. And... I thought there were like what? I thought there were like I thought this was like the fourth or fifth movie. Is it really just the second? Uh, no, th- this is just the second Puss in Boots Damn. movie. Yeah, are there not? Is there yeah. like a TV show or something? I feel uh, like there's like more maybe? to the. The series something or whatever. Peacock? I I don't know, but like I know for the the like movies, mm-hmm. this is this is it. Right There's on. been like several what like four Shrek movies or whatever. Yes, yeah, so this I is guess the this is technically in the canon, but I don't canon know. of the yeah Shrek because of the two yeah. of those. Yeah, that's so weird. I really thought it must be just that people really like that one movie. Yeah, and they keep playing that one movie, but uh, yeah, I thought it was mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was like a whole series at this point. Uh, you had mentioned, I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but you, uh, with your brother Danny, had recently seen the first How to Train Your Dragon movie. I've seen like half of it now. <laughs> half of it? Okay. Yeah, all right, we never all got right. to finish it. Yeah. It was never great. Oh, okay. God. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk about it whenever I finally finish it. But the, this, I would put this up there. Like, as far as DreamWorks animation goes, mm-hmm. uh, How to Train Your Dragon and Puss in Boots are like the gold star winners for me um matter of fact when i i we watched this movie uh the dreamworks logo had a brand new like mm. i guess fanfare like the opening uh-huh. thing and it was cool it had like the little like boy who sits on the crescent moon right. he hops down and interacts with all the like dreamworks animation mm. like franchise stars or whatever like uh you've got fucking shrek mm-hmm. donkey and fiona are in it and then um uh toothless from how to train your oh, dragon right. and like one of the trolls and fucking boss baby oh, of shows course. Up. i've never seen that movie of course but uh voiced by one alec baldwin i wonder what he's got going on <laughs> i did look up i will say that uh on netflix there is mm-hmm. uh six seasons from 2015 to 2018 of the adventures of puss in boots so that's, i have to go that's is it voiced by antonio banderas uh that i am not sure no it looks like it is other people involved but there oh, are okay yeah, there's like 15 episodes in the first season. There's like 11 to 13, mostly. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it's voiced by Eric Bauza. Oh, you know okay. Guy? Yeah, yeah. He's a big voice yeah, actor. Yeah, so uh, at least they got a good person in there. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. so you've been Netflixing it. There you go. You got you got six seasons to catch okay. up on. Interesting. I wonder if you like I don't them. know that I'll do that because <laughs> <laughs> I specifically like the movies. But Right, right, right. I mean, but that's what in my head shot, I was I like, there's more to it. That's There was something, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. At least I wasn't totally crazy. No, uh, absolutely not. I feel like that's no. another movie. It's kind of like How to Train Your Dragon. It never appealed to me. I'm not super into DreamWorks stuff. Um, Shrek was okay, like pretty good, but I, I don't really like the sequels. And then just a lot of their stuff just doesn't appeal to me that much. The The style of it doesn't appeal to me that much. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, with this, I'm not a cat person. So I was like, yeah, it's not yep. for me. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, that that's enough for me to be like, it just didn't appeal to me. But much like How to Train Your Dragon, I, I either wanted to watch that with my brother Danny because I knew he was a huge fan, mm-hmm. or I wanted to watch it with you because I knew you were a huge fan. I felt like that would help me 
get past, you know, my initial hesitance. And then I watched half yeah. of it and it's fucking great, by the way. Yeah. And I can't wait to watch the rest of it and the rest of that series. Uh, this one as well, though, I feel like I, I would probably watch Puss in Boots and maybe must maybe Puss 2 with you. But uh, otherwise, hell yeah. We just get together and watch uh, Puss 2. Yeah, no big deal. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, matter of fact, why don't I uh, meet up with you? We'll finish How to Train Your Dragon. Okay, there you go. I'll, but I'll I be like, those. Stephen, forget everything you knew from the first half of this movie. <laughs> because when you watch with me, it's going to be different. <laughs> um, no, it, like it was very enjoyable. There's no like post credit scenes or anything right. like that. It's just like an incredible movie going experience. Uh, and I, I'll say... Uh, I, I consider myself a bit of an expert on 2022 <laughs> cat starring uh, sequels, uh, okay. you know, because uh, I have seen Black Panther 2. Oh, that's right. I've seen Puss in Boots mm-hmm. 2. I've not seen Avatar 2, mainly because I haven't seen Avatar 1. You've never seen Avatar? No, oh, wow. no. I'm, I yeah. actually, I've gotten excited. I think I'm going to go. I, I wasn't super pumped, but it's James Cameron. How can you not? Uh, it made like a billion dollars in like six days or some shit. Um, mm. and yeah, who knows, but, uh, I am excited for it. I, I want to rewatch the first one cause it's been a, been a while, but, uh, yeah, yeah you should, you should check it out eventually, I guess, but they're kind of cat like, you people. know, they, yeah, they, they re-released it in September of mm. last year, I think, uh, just to like get people right. hyped up for, uh, the sequel coming out. Uh, and I was, I, I'd never seen it and I heard that in IMAX 3D right. is the best way to experience it. And I just wasn't able yeah. to to go see it at the time of release but i know not everybody's into yeah. 3d stuff i i obviously am i i have the how to train your dragon 3d blu-ray now um that i, wow. I so i can finish that movie i want to watch it that way and see what it's like um avatar mm. is is definitely one of those movies that i do not under i have it in 3d i do not understand why you would watch that movie not in 3d i don't understand why you'd watch the <laughs> sequel not in 3d so i yeah. wouldn't just like pick that movie up to watch it unless you just have to to watch the sequel if you wanted to mm-hmm. uh, otherwise i'd be like yeah there's really no point like that's pretty mm-hmm. much why it's good is the the visuals uh and the 3d yeah. really helps sell it so uh, i'm intrigued by the uh the the high frame rate stuff i didn't really like that for the hobbit 3d but in this it's mm-hmm. different and uh it is otherworldly the the hobbit it made it look like a set to me um but this it's like a soap opera right it looked like yeah i could tell that they painted on the mailbox fake dirt you know like that kind of yeah. stuff mm-hmm. this is like a completely computer generated world and it's super otherworldly obviously uh and so yeah i think it, it would sell a little bit better but uh i am intrigued so maybe in the next few weeks we'll we'll have something from that for me but if i if i get out to mm-hmm. go to it i haven't been to a theater in a long time that, that yeah. might be the one that does it. uh if not uh Mm -hmm. come march scream six is the one that i'm gonna be out there for man that's the only movie i've been excited about to go to the theater in fucking years and i'm like i'm gonna be there first day so (laughs) yeah that's the one to get me (laughs) you gotta camp out uh yeah i haven't done that since like fucking lord of the rings but yeah let's do it i'll be the only person there in a fucking ghost face mask crying to myself no one's with me (laughs) don't be that weird dude that's cool I'll, i'll accept that ghost face mask on but you like blot your like mask with like a kleenex right it's like crying yeah. through the high holes. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a, one of the, the Michael Myers masks? Does, isn't he crying blood he cries, or something like that? Yeah, he gets shot in the eyes. So, yeah. You'd cry blood, too. If it happened to <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that was fun, dude. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. stuff we, we got out there. I uh, hope people will check it out. So much. Uh, yeah. All the good stuff we recommended, at least not the bad stuff. But uh, for the most part, it was mm-hmm. pretty good, man. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, if you could skip one thing, um, 
skip that Batman spawn comic. You don't you don't need that. Everything else. Everything else pretty good. Delve into. Um, all right. So do you want to announce for next week what we're going to watch? Stephen, I've been thinking about this as we were uh-huh. talking, and uh, I feel like maybe the best approach is to start with the oldest thing mm-hmm. on the list. Okay. If that's okay sure. with you. Because, Stephen, I don't know about you, but like, maybe it's the new year. Maybe it's because the the new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I got to say, I got the need, <laughs> the need for speed. You know? Yeah, man. Hell yeah. So, uh, if you're cool with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, let's do it. On the next episode of Let's Talk About Stuff, we'll be talking Shrek. about the third. Shrek the third is what we're going to dive you right into. You got to watch them out of order for them to make sense. <laughs> Uh, no, the original Top Gun. Yeah, right on. Top Gun by Scientologist <laughs> James Kevorkian. <laughs> What's his name? Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I had rewatched that movie mm-hmm. at some point last right. year, and I was surprised at how much I was into uh-huh. it. Because uh, when that original trailer for Top Gun Maverick came out in like 2019 or whatever, I was like, ah, they're making a sequel to this. And then, yeah, rewatched Top Gun. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the sequel of this. There you go. Yeah. And you've seen the sequel. Is that right? No, I haven't. Oh, this is better. Yeah, I'm kind of looking for an excuse to uh, get that sequel in my eyeballs. So our our goal is to do one episode of Top Gun and then follow that up with an episode of Top Gun Maverick. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So that sounds great. The, the assignment for for you and all of our listeners mm-hmm. and myself is to watch or rewatch Top right Gun on. from uh, whenever the fuck it came out. 1990. 80. 1990. 1990. 1990. 1998. 1998. It came out. <laughs> Top Gun. Top Gun. Top Gun. Ooh, it's got to be like 86. I got to look that up. I'm looking it up as we speak. Top Gun is from 1986. Yes. yes, you did it. Fucking did it. I was one year old. And you were asking to be taken to the theater to see Top Gun. I got the need for speed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you clamp back on. I don't know how long breastfeeding mm, takes. Exactly. Um, Seven, eight years. Something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, that sounds great, man. I'm really looking forward to the sequel. I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. I, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of Joseph, Joseph Kaczynski, who directed that. So uh, he always has just visually stunning films. Stunning. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And Top Gun, I really fucking, I've always loved that movie. So mm-hmm. uh, we were just talking last night with Amanda's parents. They had seen the new one. And uh, I think this is fairly well known. Uh, Val Kilmer's in the first movie. He makes at least a, a cameo in the second one. Um, and mm-hmm. he he has throat cancer. Uh, apparently, we found out, though, he is in like remission now, which is great. I thought he was. That's great. When yeah. I heard about it, I thought it was like a, he's probably going to be gone in a few years. Um, there's a documentary mm-hmm. about him called Val from a few years ago that I'm super intrigued to watch. And, uh, but apparently in the movie, you know, he, he, he has like a, a, a trach box, or whatever to talk and everything. And, mm-hmm. and they talked about that. Her parents did like, they thought it was like a choice in the movie for some reason. And we were like, oh no, he's like really has throat cancer now. He can't talk mm-hmm. like he used to and, and everything. So, uh, he alone, I just, that, that documentary looks great. Um, and it just, uh, I just always liked him and he seems like a genuinely really good guy and a, and a great actor. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm excited to see, you know, whatever they do with the new movie and everything. There's a lot of good people, younger people in it as well. So yeah. it'll be fun, man. Mm-hmm. We'll watch the the first one next week. Come back for uh, Maverick the, the week after. Absolutely. Excellent, man. That sounds great. So, yeah. All right. So uh, 
If you'd like to talk to us about anything, all of our info is in the show notes. As usual, you can rate and review us in your favorite podcast apps. Five stars is appreciated. And please tell your friends so where people can find us and enjoy our brand of dumb humor. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. So, you know, we missed an episode last week, so we, we have like packed this thing with stupidity. <laughs> so I feel pretty good about it, though. We were worried. I was worried. Yeah. To get back in the rhythm of it. Like, like we said, we had also recorded our Christmas episode early, so it has been like three weeks for us or something. It's been a long time, mm-hmm. uh, but I felt like yeah. we, we got right back in the rhythm of things. I hope it was a good episode for people. I had a good time. So come back next same, week for, for some Top Gun and we'll have a top time. I'm tired. Anyway, um, anything else for you, man? <laughs> I think we can end on Top Time. <laughs> top Time. Seems good to me. <laughs> well, until next Top Time, I'm Steven. I'm Brett. And let's talk later. Oh my gosh, we're back. We're back. We're back. In pog form. In pog form? Yeah, that's a a joke from The Simpsons. Millhouse was saying, Elf, he's back. In pog form. (laughs) (laughs) I just got excited that we might have some pogs coming out on our store. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Do you remember the uh, Budweiser pogs? The Budweiser pogs? Uh huh. Hmm, do I? Bud. Wise slammer. So That's such a specific print joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just oh like, uh, what sounds like pog? Frog. Uh, yeah. What, how, how, does it, how does this relate to pop culture? <laughs> Quick. The Budweiser frog pogs do sound yeah. like something that actually could have come out because uh, the 90s mm-hmm. were weird. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. If you got a blind pack of, uh, right. of Budweiser pogs, you open it up, you're like, I've got Bud. I've got Wise. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, wise again. Oh, man. Fuck. I've got a whole stack of Wise. $17. I hope this trend lasts forever. <laughs> Two weeks later. Just a tumbleweed. Selling pogs at oh, a kiosk man. in the mall. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. This big money right there, you know? Oh, speaking of big money and pogs, there mm-hmm. was a... Uh, an aforementioned kiosk at the the mall mm-hmm. back in the day where they were selling pogs and they had these things called cash caps and it was a dollar value assigned to these like the pogs uh, it looked like um so like, style like a, a dollar bill essentially okay so, so it had like uh you know one dollar five dollars on up through like 100 and then you buy this pack and you open it up, and then, like, whatever you have in there, mm. it just, like, has that denomination listed on it. So okay. it, it seems like it's just, like, a design of Pog. Mm-hmm. And for our younger listeners, uh, Pogs are these little, like, cardboard <laughs> discs that we had back in the day. They were decorated like trading cards in a way. They had all, all these different designs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're so cool. And you would play this game that no one really knew how to play, and mm-hmm. then you would uh, steal them from your friends, um, and then... Uh, say, oh no, these are mine the whole time. You're like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it has my name written on it, but all right, you know, it's cutthroat industry at that point. It really anyway. was, man. That was a big deal. So I remember the guy that had the kiosk. He said, so yeah, whatever, what was it? Whatever denomination you get, you get that amount of pogs back. And even as a child, I was probably like 10, 11. Mm hmm. No, I was, I was in middle school, so... Um, you like know, 15, 16? Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> you like were like seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still waiting for my, one of my nards to drop. I'm, I'm really looking forward yeah, to it. Man, I'm I, I, I think every New Year's... Oh, I hear this when the balls drop, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, but it wasn't. 
so even as a child, I was like, this seems like a terrible business plan. You're trying to sell these pogs mm-hmm. for like, I don't know, a quarter a piece or whatever. And if you're telling me I get a $100 pog, I get 100 pogs by for, like just trading that yeah. in. That, I don't think that's right, but I didn't argue with them. I, I think it I like got like a Nobody gets it though. Nobody ever gets the hundred, so he it's like rigged. Well, like the the pack you buy is very specific. Like it's going to have some denominations. Mm. And if you're buying like a um, like if you get a a a one, like a one dollar one, right. and you are selling pogs for a quarter a piece, I guess you're not gonna really you know it's one quarter pog that you get for mm-hmm. the one dollar cap. But if you get like Anything above, like if you get a five, that's you trading like, one cap for five, <laughs> five pieces, you know? I hate doing math. I don't know why I tried to do it on the podcast, but I just thought the it podcast? was. The podcast? The pog I'm oh sure that God. exists out there, right? There has to be yeah. one, right? There's like multiple. There's, There's multiple like feuding pog podcasts. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome to Slammer Nation. Uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. You motherfuckers over at the podcast, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Oh my god. I heard this guy on a different podcast, he was talking about the cash caps. What an idiot. He got it way wrong. He didn't even know math. This guy's ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor wet head. He was in middle school when he was 27 years old. It was weird. I just assume it was all accurate. Um, Man. So all the, the pog talk aside, I'm of glad course. we got to it though. I know, oh, of course. I was panicking that we wouldn't get to Pog Talk I before know. episode 300, but we did. I've worried about um, it for years. Outside of that, uh, I do want to mention something. Uh, you know, I, I like to do a little community service here and there where we can. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when you're required. <laughs> when, when, requi- <laughs> when legally obligated to. <laughs> when court orders. I do like to do that. Um, so uh, I, I want to talk to the fellas out there. Um, because this is something that we don't really think about. Uh, it's not really anything that uh, comes up in our, our day-to-day lives on a regular basis, but it's something that I've noticed that I have to do. Mm. And I thought, so you know, maybe, maybe I'll mention this. So, Stephen, what do you know about lotion? Like hand lotion oh. in particular? Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm not a big lotion guy. Like, I think most mm-hmm. guys are not really lotiony guys. Um, it's always like a, you know... It, women at work, I always, it's like, if I need some, I know I can get yeah. some, but it's probably going to smell, you know, very floral or something. Steven, are you saying because of the women you work with, if you need some, you can get some? Wow. I don't. Wow. I don't. I want to take that back just just okay. on principle. Okay. Um, but yes, if I do need some, some lotion, mm-hmm. I know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> but... but. I uh, I started using hand lotion a little bit uh, yeah. in the last few years because my my brother uh, Danny is uh, big into like skincare and stuff. He has more sensitive yeah. skin than me, so he has been into that more, I guess. Um, so he got me onto a, a vino. Um, it's like extra relief or whatever for like cracked hands because mm-hmm. I wash my hands a lot, like cooking and stuff. So I I do I have somewhat started using that. He also lives in Denver, so I started uh, like in Denver. It's very dry and and you're up um, you know really high, so you have to. Uh, moisturize your lips and your hands and stuff more like i have to use mm-hmm. like chapstick a lot more and i started using hand lotion up there because my hands would get like cracked or whatever but uh i'm still not like the super into it i don't like the feeling of the lotion it, it feels like it never goes away this is what i wanted to address there you go perfect so for guys whenever we're told oh your hands are dry as fuck don't touch me with them also maybe put some lotion on there 
guys, we are programmed, honestly, to be stupid. Obviously, you yeah, know, this of is something uh, all of our I can hear the sound of all of our female listeners just nodding fully in oh, agreement yeah. with that statement. Um, whenever we're told to buy a lotion, we buy like the cheapest shit possible because mm. it's cheap. And, you know, how often are we going to use it or whatever? Exactly. So so we get the cheapest shit and it sucks so bad because it's all oily. <laughs> and like you said, it stays on your hands forever. Mm-hmm. However, if you buy some gold bond or some like uh, slightly more expensive mm-hmm. lotion by like and by more expensive, I mean, by like instead of paying one dollar, right. you pay three dollars. How uh, many pods is that? Oh my god, that's that's a, a, that's, that's, uh, that's a four to twelve. You'd have to do some like cash cap uh, <laughs> division there to make that work. But uh, yeah, if you buy some like uh, some quality lotion, mm-hmm. whenever you put it on your hands, Stephen, I'm just gonna tell you right now, you rub it in and it just disappears, and then your hands feel I, delightful. I don't know that I agree with this though, because the Aveeno I get. <laughs> is is a nice lotion like it's not uh-huh. cheap i don't think it's not like expensive but it's like it's like a name brand it's like well known or whatever mm-hmm. and i feel like i i feel like uh the amount is really hard for me to judge for one and sometimes i feel like i have two I, I don't know how much i i can rub in i have uh-huh. noticed that it was partially that i used to just give up i'd be like it's not stopping and i would just be like this is awful and i would either just let it sit there until it dried or i would wipe it away or whatever but uh it's hard to know what size dollop to get yeah. yourself you know especially mm-hmm. not using it very often but even i don't know like i don't like uh weird textures on my hands a lot you know like weird squishy gross watery whatever things mm-hmm. and so like it makes me feel slimy um yeah. and i do agree that like cheaper ones certainly do that and that that steered me away from it whenever i got those you know and i'd be like these lotions suck whatever and it's like yeah they do mm-hmm. suck that's why you don't like it but uh, yeah. even when i do step up a little bit to a nicer one i'm still i'm still only now just getting used to it i gotta say I would say put like a a dime size squirt on your on the back of your hand, mm-hmm. rub the other back of your hand on it, and then transition to your palms. Oh, you then, start back to back. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because that's like the driest part of my hands. The reason I oh, okay. have started doing it is because if I don't, and I don't know if this is just because I, I'm a brown person mm. and nature is racist. Yeah, we all know. We all know it. Uh, <laughs> like my hands, like when I. My skin starts to get dry. My knuckles will start to crack That's and the first. bleed. Oh yeah! And I don't want to be. I don't want to be bloody knuckles guy. Mm-hmm. Unless I gotta fuck some people up. That's you know right. what I'm saying? And honestly, that's like you're super into I would, that. I would be like bruised and bloody myself. I'd be like, you should see the other guy. And the doctor's like, I was the other guy, dipshit. You fucking lost, bitch. But uh, but yeah, so I, I I'm trying to circumvent having bloody knuckles mm-hmm. uh, and 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 being like all all craggly and gross and whatnot and uh, yeah just just a, a dime size little on the back squirt. though that's interesting on, on the back rub it around a little bit then transition to the palms of your hands mm-hmm. I'm telling you it's a, a game changer do that maybe twice a day you don't have to worry twice about a it. day wow. maybe twice a day maybe a- as needed I would say okay For sure. Me, I, I work like my office building is is a little bit chilly, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I do it a, a couple of times a day. But uh, yeah, I've got I think as a Christmas like a stocking stuffer, a family member got me this little tiny thing of lotion. I thought, oh, this is great. I can go ahead and take this to work and put it on my desk or whatever. Mm-hmm. I put the shit on my hands using the same idea, mm-hmm. little, uh, dime size uh, bit there. Oh my god, my hands were oily for one thousand years. Right, it doesn't, right. I hate it the feeling soak of that. In. It, it gets a weird sheen on your hand, a, a Charlie sheen, if you mm-hmm. will. I had tiger blood coursing through my veins, <laughs> and uh, 
I, I, I had to wash my hands and just start from scratch. Right, exactly. So, and then yeah, it's like yeah. you wash them so much to get that off, they're bloody again. Yeah, yeah cool. Absolutely. Thanks. So is it yeah. like the cold weather and stuff that that kind of make your knuckles crack? Like in the summer, mm-hmm. do you think it it is a, as big of a deal or would be as big of a deal? Are you, you're still new to lotioning, mm-hmm. right? I am. I'm. A, I'm a. I'm a newbie. You know. Yeah. I haven't got my my thirty day chip yet. But uh, but yeah. So uh, winter time is when it really comes in handy. For me. <laughs> um, summertime, not so much. Uh-huh. I don't really uh, have an issue there. But uh, but yeah, there's something about the the drier weather that really just sure. dries out my skin and it makes it uh, a necessary um, delight for me you know speaking of delight this whole conversation is wonderful i never thought that lotion mm-hmm. talk would really get us here but damn mm-hmm. it i feel good about ourselves right now we're taking care of ourselves we're trying to mm-hmm. trying to get our knuckles less bloody for the ladies that's uh, right that sounds like a a, a beating women joke <laughs> oh, i stumbled I, into an exodus that's that's where you went in my head i was like oh like fingering a chick when she's on her period of course Enjoy your breakfast, either listeners. Way, either way. Either way. Either way. Um, yeah. Not good. And, and lotioning, man. Mm-hmm. Plus, you get to... I, I don't know if you do this, but whenever I do it, sometimes I, I in my head, I, I do the the sandlot. I do lotioning, oiling, oiling, lotioning. I can't take it anymore. Do you remember that? Well, that that brings me to the next point. Is, okay. Um, I feel like, you know, discussing lotion, that's immediately going to make people think we're going to be talking about jacking off it's not a jack off thing but, though. but it's not a jack off thing no i assure you it's a skincare it's thing for our hands Obvi- it's a skincare thing and then also you know i'm a dry guy i don't i don't need any okay. any extra stuff you know right I, well as a teenager i will say mm-hmm. that I, I tried all kinds of things and uh mm-hmm. yeah lotion it's like whatever didn't really need it mm-hmm I, I imagine that's why there was so much missing horse paste when the pandemic came around oh, because yeah. there's a lot of a lot of uh um maga guys that were out there it's like i need my horse pace to uh don't, uh, don't worry about fight, it mom fight covid uh <laughs> that's what it is yeah yeah that's what it is maybe they thought that if they used it they would get like a horse-sized dick they thought it was like oh, a growing be, yeah. thing you know yeah yeah that seems like something they would fall for right yeah turns out nature said nay <laughs> and they died and they died <laughs> I mean, it's sad, but it's, you know, their fault. So. Yeah. A story in funny. one act. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there was a, uh, when I was in, uh, I think it was 11th grade, uh, maybe 12th, uh, one of our friends in our group, uh, mm. we were in our English class, uh, we were told to write a one page story about something. And then uh, our friend, he wrote a story about this like uh, mean girl that was in our grade or Ooh. whatever she was in that same class and he, he like went through the whole story and then like he had and eh, maybe three quarters of the the page done and it was just like single space like notebook paper or whatever and he forgot about it over the weekend he came in on monday he's like oh no and then at the, his very last line is and so she died it was just unrelated <laughs> Uh, he's like i'll just text me on at the end to make it a a poignant and uh yeah yeah, there you go yeah like in the context of the story it made no sense that i would go there but it's just it was in a different color like the rest of the (laughs) the story was in black ink this was in blue it was like hurried looking you know man but yeah so school kids are dumb well, uh, Stephen, how about to sync, mm. uh, based on the, the main two things we've discussed so far, how about we 
sync with pog knuckles. Pog knuckles. I love it. Pog knuckles. Yeah, man, you got to lotion up if you got pog knuckles. If you got pog knuckles, you got to do it. Speaking of your days are days are numbered. Your days are numbered. Have you ever? Mm-hmm. Did you ever play that game? This stupid fucking game. Kids used to play this uh, like middle school. You'd get like uh, you put your fist on a table like facing down, so your knuckles are like against the table, right? And mm-hmm. then your friend will flick like pennies toward the knuckles. Oh, it's kind of like that you know rapping game. It's like not like yo rapping game, but like <laughs> rapping knuckles. Just like it's like stupid guys like punching each other in the arm just to see who can do it until one's like gives up or whatever you know. Uh, but mm-hmm. you ever do that shit? It fucking hurt. No, no, we didn't do. Oh, okay. We didn't do that. Mm-hmm. We did a version of this where we take a CD Ugh. back when that was like uh-huh. uh, a premium object right. that you could get in your life. Uh, I think uh, one of our friends got one of those America Online CDs yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, he brought it to school. And it was just like, I think toward the end of the school year or whatever in our art class. And it's kind of a blow off class anyway. Mm-hmm. But we sat at these long tables and so we would do that similar thing where we would just like as hard as we could, we would just like right, <laughs> like ski ball that fucking yeah. disc down to the end of the table, just try to fuck up your friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So it was a version of that. I, what, see, teenage boys are fucking stupid. Anyway, pog knuckles. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to bring that up. You can do it with pogs, and it wouldn't hurt as bad. But we did it with fucking metal, and you did it with yeah. CDs. So uh, we're all dumb. The, the the psychotic thing is like part of that CD would break after oh, doing that enough times. It would like chip away. So you would have these like shards, shards <laughs> that you could just like dig it to the back of your hand. Oh my you know? God. Yeah. Yeah. So. so next time we see each other, we're going to do that, right? Oh, 100 yeah, yeah, percent. We'll have a tournament. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll tournament. be like, <laughs> be like uh, shuffleboard for dipshits. That's what it would be. I love it. All right, so Pog Knuckles to sync on three, Mm -hmm. one, two, three, Pog Pog Knuckles. Knuckles. Slammer. Oh. Did you ever have any of those slammers? I had had a few of them. You had to play. Yeah. Never had any cool ones, though. I I couldn't get it to work right. You throw a piece of plastic or a a metal one down and just see how many you flipped over. Rules were very vague on pogs. I think that's part of why it's It's not It's just like you stack up. I remember like you stack them up like alternately with your friend who you're playing against. And then you slam it down, and like if they flip over, you get. I'm like, what the fuck is that even supposed to do? I don't understand really why. I See, think it's just cool art. That's why I was into them. You know, like I liked the, yeah. the pogs themselves were cool. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think we even got to the point where we were like alternating the pogs. Mm. I did not even know until mm. this very moment. moment when you said it <laughs> that that was the case. Like, but that, that makes sense because fair. I believe the goal was like whatever you flip over is what you keep. So right? it doesn't matter whose it is necessarily, but. Like, because yeah. you're going to keep your own if they if they don't flip or do. I don't know the rules of pogs. It's fucking stupid is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm going to su- subscribe to Slammer Nation. Get this figured you out. You got to figure oh, it out, man. Track down these rules. I feel like it's going to be important <laughs> later down, down the road. Of all the hobbies that took off during COVID times, pogs was not one of them, you know. Unfortunately not. But I do feel like, you know, there's a lot of different avenues that the world could crumble anytime. And uh, maybe Pogs will be the currency of the future. So you should get boned up on it now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Bone up, bone down on Pogs. That should be the, we really should start this podcast. Man. I'm saying <laughs> we got to do it. We got taglines and everything. L-P-A-S. <laughs>